0: Good morning, DJ and PK it's ninety-seven 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, we are four games, one month into the NFL season. And as we all expected, the Arizona Cardinals have the NFL's only undefeated record. The only team at a perfect 4-0. Now, what does that mean? It means they're a game up on about a dozen other NFL teams. Raiders beaten. They were 3-0, but they lost to the Chargers. Chargers led the whole way. Built a 21-0 lead. They win the game easily. The Raiders did make it close. They got it down to seven points going to the fourth quarter, but the Chargers pull away and win the game. 31-14, they get it done. So, now you got a bunch of teams at 3-0-1. you got the Cardinals at 4-0. And uh, you got the Raiders searching for a running game. We will talk about that with Lincoln Kennedy when he visits with us later in the week. Right now, we're going to step away from the NFL football for just a moment. We've got playoff baseball starting today, but we've also got the Jazz. The Utah Jazz opening their preseason with a uh, decisive loss to the San Antonio Spurs. They got blown out, but Joe Ingles didn't play. Rudy Gobert didn't play. Rudy Gay is recovering from foot surgery, so it'll be a, a while before he plays. Uh, there are just a ton of guys missing. The other guys were on limited minutes. I don't really make anything of it, to be honest with you. Uh, we will have the best of the Jazz post-game show. What are they trying to accomplish here in this four-game preseason? We will get to that coming up later in this hour. Right now, though, Blake Anderson talking Aggie football with PKI as they head into a bye week with a three-and-two record. Here's the coach with PKI. Coach, good morning. Good morning. So, coach, we have talked to you multiple times this year both after wins and losses where the game you saw on the sideline wasn't exactly the game you saw on film. Sometimes it's for better, sometimes it's for worse, and I'm I'm curious after you watch that BYU game again if you think the same thing you thought when you were talking to the media Friday night or if you've tweaked some of your evaluations.
1: No, it's about what I thought I saw on the field, just a big physical team that, that kind of manhandled us at times, and we tried to use our speed and quickness to to dig our way back into it and got got it to a seven point game late in the fourth which is really all we we ever expected kind of you know we knew it was going to be tough all night they're built really really well they're huge physical that's why they won the games they won and the way they've won them but uh you know we we use some tempo we use some speed some quickness out in space to to battle and, and got it to a seven point game just super disappointed that we we had a bus that, that gave up a huge run and, and just put it out of reach for us there late. I'm um, encouraged and discouraged at the same time. Encouraged that we were able to play the way we did against them. They are right now just so much bigger than us, and really on both fronts and honestly on the basically everywhere on the field, even out on the edges, much bigger, much stronger. And we got to recruit and develop, uh, you know, to, to, to really kind of close that gap. Uh, we just, um, you know, that, that's something that's going to take a little bit of time, but. Also, super about how our guys battled to get it to a seven-point game, be right where I thought we needed to be with, you know, nine minutes left in the game. Uh, I thought that our conditioning and just kind of our speed and quickness might be enough down the stretch. But, man, they, they're just big and ran over us and, and get the big run, and then we, we just weren't able to mount uh, the comeback late.
2: So you talk about that recruiting. I'm not sure what the rules are these days because things have changed. But is this an important time for you with the bye week to send your coaches out? <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll get on the road this week. You know, A lot of it has is, is been done, but, but this is that, that week that you have time to get out and actually go watch a kid play in person, swing by the school, check on grades, maybe watch some kids in person that we're still making decisions on, still trying to fill in some gaps in the recruiting class. Now that we know our roster a little bit better, uh, you, you kind of know in spring, but you're playing yourself. Now that we've played some quality opponents – just seeing where maybe the holes are for next the next two seasons uh, in situations maybe a, a freshman in high school won't necessarily come in and fill those spots immediately. So we're, we're trying to, uh, to make sure that, that moving forward, we've got a great group of young guys we can develop, but also maybe some uh, plug-and-play type opportunities as well. And this next few weeks will be big in that area.
0: So with the transfer portal, how much is that changing recruiting? Or you don't worry about the transfer portal now, you go and recruit the best guys that you think are right for you, and then you just figure out the transfer portal stuff later. How does that work?
1: Yeah, the transfer portal, I don't think that picture is real clear right now. You know, guys are still playing. I think, I think, you know, most of those kind of decisions are made late in the year, if guys are going to stay or not we're just trying to fill the best class we possibly can. And and obviously we'll keep our eyes open to see if, if we see a, a guy that we do think can come in a veteran player that can maybe impact us at a position that we're either a little bit thin or maybe injury or graduation is going to hurt us. But you just don't know those, you don't know really those answers right now because most people are just dedicated to trying to finish the season. Uh, that, that'll change. Uh, I think as the season comes to a close and some guys are, are seeing maybe the handwriting on the wall that, that a, a new environment, maybe uh, stepping down a notch, or maybe even some guys stepping up a notch, uh, that, that it creates a better opportunity for them. So we'll we're we'll just kind of have to keep our eyes open as that develops.
2: I'm wondering, Coach, how the junior college transfer athlete rec- uh, plays into all this as far as recruiting, because obviously that used to be a critical component, but how much has it changed now with the transfer portal as far as getting junior college kids?
1: Yeah, I think some people are still taking them. The trend uh, has gone away from that, uh, although in the last five to seven or so years, uh, you know, we, we did take some guys from the Kansas Juco's on a yearly basis at Arkansas State. A lot of them were quality players for us. We took a couple here. Uh, but but it, the, the transfer portal has changed a lot of people's philosophy uh, just because they, you know, they they would rather go with a guy that's played at this level at least right. enough to know the competition and the speed of it, the academic aspect that comes with it. You know, junior college kids, you know, most of those are, are there uh, trying to just kind of get up to speed academically, and and that's not a that's not a challenge that everybody wants to deal with. Um, so, I it probably has hurt that that area of recruiting at the Division One level. I still think there's a lot of one AA and Division Two opportunities. For the junior college kids, but maybe not as many at this level as there has been in previous years.
0: Uh, Utah State coach Blake Anderson joining us here. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, you know, when you're three and zero and you're flying high, and you lose a couple games, obviously it's going to sting. At the same time, I'm wondering if you just lost to the two best teams on your schedule. And that it gives you a read for the way the rest of this season can go. I don't know how much film you've watched going forward. How much you know? Wyoming's off to a great start. They're winning a lot of games. I don't know if you watched the film to really break that down. How much do you buy into all that line of thought, and how much film have you seen to, to back it up, or?
1: You know, I think what we 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 knew that the schedule was obviously front loaded with the Power Five opponent, Air Force always quality football, obviously BYU and, and and Boise both, their their records and their, their traditions speak for themselves I, I mean, I do believe the league as you look, anybody can beat anybody I, and, and we're not going to out-athlete anybody, but I, I do think we'll match up a lot better second the second half of the schedule than we did first half I, there's a lot of people out there that would say we'd have been one and four at this point, we're sitting here three and two so in that sense, there's some positive energy coming out of the first half of the season. I mean, going to Washington State and winning, going to Air Force and winning, those guys may not lose another game. They're playing super good ball. Um, I think there's a lot of positive that we can drag from it now. We're frustrated about how the last two weekends went, but I'm way less frustrated about Friday night than I am the Boise game because I felt like we played really good competitive ball most of the night with a lot less mistakes. And we played a quality opponent that Hadn't lost many games in the last two years, man. Eleven and one last year, and five and zero. So, I mean, you can you can take away a, 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 from a quality opponent loss as long as you play good ball, and I feel like that translates over to being a, a very competitive team over the second half of this season against conference opponents. that look a lot more like us. Now, we still got to go out and play, and I haven't watched them all up close, but but I think I got a good enough feel for the league to know that if, if we play. We play good ball with high energy and, and and can reduce mistakes. There's there's a lot of wins left on our our schedule, and who knows if we might be right in in the mix of this whole thing when when the smoke clears.
2: We saw that Bonner went out. I think it was non-contact. Contact. Correct me if I'm wrong. What's how's he play, uh, how is he doing right now?
1: You know, I think he'll be fine uh, by the end of the week. He's a little sore today. Uh, he got kind of. I don't know, kind of a push and a throw at the same time, a little bit of a hyperextension. Everything looks structurally fine. Uh, he, he felt better today than he did uh, on Saturday. Uh, he's a tough guy. He uh, it, A little bit it comes back. He, he took a big shot early in the year against Washington State. It's on that same leg. So he's just kind of, some of it's a little bit bad luck. But I would expect by, by the time we really get into UNLV prep uh, later in the week or early next week that, that he would be ready to go. And you would expect him to play.
0: Utah State coach Blake Anderson joining us right here. So you've got, um, I I mean, just to put it in the simplest terms, you're not going to face another Tyler Algier, are you? I hope not. Goodness gracious.
1: That dude is uh, a load, and and not to mention, he's got one of the prettiest offensive lines up in front of him anyway. So huge challenge. I hope we don't come across that combination again. Uh, It was obviously a challenge, and we did not do a great job of, I was slowing him down with the exception of just a few handful of drives. But, uh, I mean, he built, built so well, and they do a good job with him. And he got loose when he absolutely had to and, and put it away for him. So I, I would like to think we'll, we'll match up a little bit better moving forward.
2: So this was your first in-person opportunity to have an in-state rival, especially at your stadium, and that was kind of cool because you can feel the energy there for sure. Uh, what are your thoughts about playing BYU going forward?
1: I, I love that game. I mean, I know it's a challenge for us. And with them moving into the Big 12, you know, we would only assume that it would help their recruiting. But uh, I, I love the in-state rival. The, the atmosphere was absolutely unbelievable. Our fans, our student section, this place was rocking. Uh, you can see our kids get up for that game. Uh, it, it's a challenge, but it's a challenge I think we all look forward to. And to be a part of that kind of game is what, uh, to me, that's what college ball is about. And, and very few people really get that uh, I tell our kids man to cherish it and enjoy it and we we'll, we'll, we'll get our wins. it'll be a challenge there's no doubt I, I get it but we just need to recruit and develop this is year one of a of, lot of, of a lot of, uh, a lot of work and, and we're okay with that so uh, I told the fans and, and I believe it just be patient that that game will be one that we will all look forward to each each year and and I, I'm glad we have it I, I would much rather have that kind of challenge with an in-state rival, did not get to have that opportunity.
0: So I'm curious, you mentioned the student crowd. Did, did you lobby for the benches to change sidelines, or is that just a coincidence that it happened the year it showed up and the year you showed up? Uh, if, it, if it is a uh, that, coincidence, that was a who lobbied decision, for That was a
1: decision it? that I, I posed to uh, our AD, and he agreed. He thought it was a good decision. I just feel like that. You know, I, I want our guys on the home side. To me, that's the press box side. I want I want the opposing team to have to listen to our student section for three and a half hours. and I want our student section to enjoy game day. And I think part of that is that's what kind of, like I said, high school and college ball is about. I mean, when you've got a student section like we do. Man, that's a weapon. That's the 12th man. So it was a move we wanted to make. And, and I, think, uh, I think the student section has loved it. Our guys have, have enjoyed it and see the value in it as well.
0: Well, Coach, we appreciate a few minutes as always and uh, enjoy the bye week. It's a different kind of week in the middle of the season. We'll talk to you again in another week. Thanks a lot. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Here's Utah State football coach Blake Anderson. When we come back, Ute coach Kyle Whittingham, his first comments since another tragic shooting, claims the life of another Ute. Uh, Kyle, pretty emotional. You'll hear from him coming up next. Stay with us.
3: Ready, 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 ready. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes look to pick up their first ever win in the Coliseum as they hit the road to square off against the Trojans of USC. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 5 o'clock with the postgame show immediately following the game. Ah. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Kyle Whittingham met with the media, his weekly Monday press conference. Very little talk about the game with USC. Uh, The focus, obviously, is going to be on another Utah player gunned down. And you'll hear uh, Kyle in his own words uh, talk about how senseless it is, how things have changed, even over the last 10 years, uh, what this has done to him emotionally and the team, the flashbacks to Ty Jordan, the parallels in the situation. Uh, he did talk a little football. We'll save that for later in the week. Um, maybe it'll be feel more appropriate when we get closer to games and uh, the game and all that. Uh, but right now, here's Kyle with the media. And he started with an opening statement, didn't even take questions. He had a lot to get to. Uh, clearly, he wanted to share. Here's Kyle.
4: The tragic devastating loss of Aaron Lowe is still weighing heavy on our hearts here in our program um, we miss Aaron uh, senseless senseless loss and uh, you know for our team to uh, experience uh, the loss that we have in less than a year's period of time with, with Ty and Aaron is, has been a challenge um, it's been a struggle but uh We'll get through it. And so that's that's the first thing I want to make sure we address is, is uh, how much we miss him. And and uh, just it's just something that's uh, very difficult to go through, obviously. Um, let's see, games. Uh, Washington State games. It was good to get off on the right foot in Pac-12 play uh, a week ago. And uh, get the victory, home home victory uh, against Washington State. Uh, of course, coming off a of bye week now and heading into USC week, uh, big challenge. I know they've dropped a couple of ball games this year, but they're as talented as they ever are, and uh, that uh, that's uh, a high level of talent is what they have. And so, uh, we'll have our uh, work cut out for us. It's on the road down in the Coliseum, which has been a, a brutal place for us to play. We haven't had a lot of success there, if any. And uh, so we got to prepare and get ready and, and move forward, which uh, which our team is uh, ready to do. So questions?
5: Kyle, how, how hard is it to focus on football?
6: I know obviously just even talking right now, it's not easy to make that transition. What, what, right. What's this experience
4: like? Uh, extremely difficult, to say the least. Um, Fortunately, we had a bye week last week to regroup, I guess you can say, and and, and uh, come to terms with uh, with the uh, tragedy. Um, and so, yeah, it's challenging. It's a challenge, and and uh, you know we've got uh, a lot of football left, and we've got to move forward and,
6: and uh, carry on. Coach, obviously, in the last before what happened in you guys were processing and mourning morning what happened at for having to Kyle the previous nine months. How does what happened to Aaron last weekend kind of impact that greeting process, and how does it kind of, I don't know if it add to it is the right word, but, you know, how are you sort of dealing with
4: both of we Yeah, we're, we're doing the best we can, and uh, it was surreal when I got the phone call Sunday morning. It was about 6 a.m. when I got the phone call. It was... Uh, you know those calls are never good. That's the first thing I can say is when you get those 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. calls, and, and uh, it's just never a good thing. And uh, it was almost the exact scenario that when I got the Ty Jordan call, it's about 5:30 a.m. in the morning when I got the Ty Jordan call. And so first thing on your mind is, oh no, you know, what's what's happened? And, and then you get the worst possible news, worst possible news. And uh, it's it's uh it's it's challenging and it uh and uh takes everything you got to to overcome it do
6: you have any plans to bring in some sort of independent grief counselor or something like that to kind of if the guys need it or if you need it or the coaching staff kind of yeah. go there
4: well we have going. we have a great support staff here in-house we have a great uh team of counselors and psychologists that uh, are available for our players our, our department's done a great job of, of assembling that team and and uh, we uh, had a team meeting the, the Monday right after the the uh, passing of Aaron and, and the psychologists were there and make sure that we let everybody know that that uh, it's a resource and and they are there for the support of the team, and don't try to deal with it on your own. If you're struggling, reach out. So that was the message. And, and yeah, we, we did exactly what you say, but it was in-house rather than out-of-house. Kyle, when
1: Ty died, you guys had
6: gone for the holidays already. All right. At this point, you're in the middle of the season. Your players are together. Can that be beneficial being together?
4: If I think there's some therapeutic value to that, yes, and to help you know, everyone lean on each other and, and uh, support each other. And we had a, a team meeting on Monday, like I said, and, and there was a chance for players and coaches alike to express their thoughts and feelings. And I think that was that was helpful, and that was uh, the start of the healing process. And you know, the healing process—the only thing that'll heal is time. You can do uh, whatever you want to do and as much as you want to do, but but time is really the the thing that that uh, is the ultimate healer.
6: Are you guys? Traveling to the wake and the funeral from LA or
5: whoever wants
4: to go? No, we'll, we'll come back and the uh, funeral will be on Monday. Yeah. So it's a week from today.
5: Yeah. What were, what were your thoughts when you saw that uh, the uh, police department made an arrest for Tuesday?
4: Well, it was, it was a very positive thing and, and uh, it gives you some sense of justice i guess you can say but but uh, we'll see how things transpire and and what happens from here but but it's progress and uh so i thought that was a, a you know a positive thing and and i know our players are feeling the same way
5: i know that um players are dealing with a certain <clears throat> way also the coaches the guys especially brought here into the program mm-hmm. how are they
4: handling it well it's been difficult as you'd expect i mean you lose you got you know, when you're a coach uh when you're the head coach, you got 120 players, and you treat them all and feel about them all like you do your own children. And so it's like it's like losing one of your own. And and uh, coaches uh, feel the same way, particularly about their position group, and then the coaches that recruited the, the particular players. I mean that impacts them tremendously. And so it's uh, you know it's 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 tough. I mean, there's there's nothing uh, nothing that. Uh, is, uh, anything but a, but a huge challenge in a situation like this. Kyle,
0: what have you gone through, you know, in your life and in your career that kind of prepares you for how to lead
4: people through this? Cause yeah. It's never really going to turn to you. Yeah, and, and, uh, you know, when, tell our team this all the time, is when you lead the leaders most is during difficult times. Anybody can lead during good times when things are going smooth, and, and so this challenges us all, and, and uh, particularly me as the, as the leader of the program, uh, any particular event. I mean, I've had very difficult things happen to me in my life and, and losses of uh, loved ones. And so I would say your entire body of, of your life is the preparation, you know, just, just, uh, going through life's ups and downs. And, and, uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, just as a generic statement, just, it prepares you. It's, you know, it's prepared me and helped me in this situation. But, but, uh, each situation is so unique and so, uh, you know, just, uh, just so difficult to deal with, but, but, uh, you draw from your experience.
6: Yeah. Uh, well, in terms of grief and the players processing things, has anybody come to you and says that they're just not up for playing this week?
4: No, okay. nobody, nobody's mentioned that. And, uh, we had a, uh, uh, we had two team meetings last week. We had one right on Sunday when, when we just learned of the event and, uh, it was, uh, you know, and everybody knew it wasn't. You know, news traveled so fast. There was nobody in that meeting that, that wasn't aware of what happened. But, but that was the first team meeting that we had. Then we had a, a team leadership council meeting uh, Sunday night because I wanted to get the feedback from the from the leaders and and uh, as far as uh, you know how we were going to move forward and what the what the plan was and and just to make sure that uh, coaches and players were all on the same page. So.
6: What will you remember most
7: about
4: Aaron and Aaron, a lot of the same things I remember about Ty. Just a, a guy that had a smile on his face all the time. Walked into a room and just was was uh, just lit up the room. I mean, the, the same comments and and uh, description of Ty fits fits Aaron, and I think that's maybe why they were so close. You know, they were they were very close friendship, and and uh, they were very similar in their personalities. And, uh, of course, they played different positions and that type of thing. But, but as far as who they were as a, as people, uh, was, uh, there was a lot of common ground there.
6: Coach, um, how much concern do you have that sometime in the near future, in the throes of a game, one or more of your players are going to have some sort of flashback or mm-hmm. some sort of response that potentially could take them back to a memory of Aaron or, I don't know, maybe they were at the party or something that could possibly put them
4: in a harm's way on the field. Uh, you know, I hadn't thought of that. And that's something that uh, hadn't hadn't, uh, hadn't considered. But uh, you know, when you get when you get in a football game, it's you go into game mode and you go into a different state of mind. And so, uh, I think that uh, I guess there's a possibility of that. But I would I would say that uh, you know, when a player when a football player is in game mode. Uh, he blocks everything else out and just focuses on, on what's going on. You get, you get the sense
6: that players, not that they want to put this past them, obviously they want to grieve, they want to do this, but football is an opportunity for them to kind of just, like you mentioned, kind of get out of that experience and just play. I mean, yeah. And, and especially with an opponent like USC, how does, how does that work?
4: Yeah, and that's exactly the sentiment that the uh, leadership council said, is this, you know, the best best way to heal and the best way to uh, get through this together is to get back to doing what we, what they love and what they're here. You know, one of the main reasons they're here, obviously, getting their education is the primary reason. But, but uh, that's getting to some, getting back to some sense of normalcy. But at the same time, you know, you never put it out of your mind. But it's, it's, uh, you know, it's just a, a therapy in and of itself. I guess you could say getting back on the field.
6: Follow that up. From a football standpoint, you guys came out of Washington State with some injuries with the three safeties yeah. um, and Mackay Bernard. Can you offer anything on those? No, we don't
4: ever offer injury information during the well, season. There isn't any season ending injuries. No, we do mention season ending. There's no season ending injuries out of that, yeah. So it's kind of our
6: our MO on how we handle that. you, you talk talked a lot this season of trying to clean up some mistakes and games and everything. Is this going to be even harder now with the distraction or do you feel like players are maybe, maybe it's a little bit more attention to detail or whatever that may
4: be? Well, we'll see. You know, I, can, I can't predict one way or another, but... Uh, there are certainly a lot of things that uh, we have to work on, and, and continuing to continuing to work on. But but uh, whether this provides more focus, I could I couldn't tell you. I couldn't answer that.
8: Kyle, how are you?
4: <laughs> Hanging in there. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's uh, challenging. It's you know you just a million things go through your head, and, and you just you know, keep going over and over the, uh, you know, essentially the same thoughts. And, and uh, it it uh, really uh, brought back ties passing. I mean, it, it kind of all is wrapped into one now. And uh, so it's uh, been the most challenging year of my coaching career, hands down, without any question at
5: all. Have you had a conversation with your players about You know going to parties and things like that yeah
4: yeah that's that's a conversation we've had probably a thousand times and but this even heightens that and makes them aware that it's a different world we live in today it's not it's not the same as it was even 10 years ago and and you got to be careful and and that's not to say that Aaron put himself in a you know to point the finger say hey look don't do that but you just got to be aware you got to be aware that that uh, things have changed and uh and uh, try to keep yourself in safe situations what's
6: what's your message to the team moving forward against the USC obviously this is a tough environment
3: because
6: it's not easy Mm -hmm. what's the message now going into this
4: game well the message is we've got to prepare and have a great week of practice just like it takes to win any ball game you've got to you've got to do your work Monday through Friday and and uh, that's our challenge they had a they had a uh, terrific week of practice, Washington State week. You know that was our best week of practice and preparation of the whole year, and and uh, I think uh, it showed. On although we put the ball on the ground a bunch of times, but but uh, for the most part, it, uh, particularly on defense, it showed. And so that's the same message. You know our, our guys know what it takes to win at this level. It's it's uh, you know it's very challenging, and it's it's. Uh, all-encompassing, you know, you got to live your, you got to do things right all week long, you got to eat, sleep, hydrate, practice, lift, study, filming, mean, there's so much to the process, and they, they get that, they understand that, and, and there really is no, no way around that, regardless of circumstances.
6: Coach, are you going to do something similar with Aaron Loflacher that you did in the
4: yeah exactly and we're in this we're in the formative process of formulating and and deciding uh you know what we're going to do with aaron just like uh in his remembrance just like we were with ty and uh i think there'll be some common ground as well that that both of them get celebrated uh you know in ways and number 22 you won't see anyone wearing number 22 in this program again as least as long as i'm the head coach and and, uh, we'd like to see that retired permanently that's that's our wish And, and uh I think you'll see that happen.
0: All right, there is Kyle Whittingham. And um, you just got a feel for the football team right now. Just an incredible series of events. Horrific and uh, double layers of horrific now over the course of the last nine months. And uh, they're going to try and get ready and play a football game. It is um, what they love to do. And Kyle said you do get in a zone when, when you prepare for the game, when you're actually playing the game. So maybe that will help. But just an, another awful awful moment for the Utes Uh, we're going to take a break when we come back the best of the Jazz post game
3: show stay with us It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's back-to-back Mountain West Conference opponents for the Cougars as they welcome in Boise State to LaBelle Edwards Stadium for a showdown against the Broncos. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. (laughs) From Monday morning. To the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 12.80, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97. five and 12.80, The Zone. The Utah Jazz, uh, many of them, but not all of them, opened the preseason in San Antonio with a decisive loss, but uh, a lot of starters didn't play. The guys who did play, like Mitchell and Conley, did not play a lot. Clarkson didn't play much either, so... Uh, Not a lot to draw from. What do they take away, though? Maybe a few things. Here's the best of the postgame show.
9: Your jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. Jazz got their uh, 2021-2022 campaign started. Preseason anyway. Last night they lose to the San Antonio Spurs 111-85. Uh, the Jazz were led by uh, rookie Jared Butler, who uh, had a slow start but had a really nice second half, finished the game with 16 points and 6 of 15 shooting. Uh Uh, Trent Forrest had 11 points coming in off the bench. Donovan Mitchell uh, finished the night. um, Or, excuse me, Jordan Clarkson had 11 points. Apologies. And Donovan Mitchell had uh, 10 points on 5-19 shooting in uh, 22 minutes. A little bit of a kind of a, uh, a clunky game for the Utah Jazz. They had trouble figuring out, you know, kind of what their speed is. But, of course, they were missing Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gay. And uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, so certainly some players that are going to play a big time role on this team. Saw a lot of young players last night. Adoka as a Buki got uh, 25 minutes to lead all players for the Jazz. Elijah Hughes also had 25. Trent Forrest with 23. Um, Elijah Hughes actually got a start, got the start in place of uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. So seeing a lot of the younger players getting a look at uh, what they can do. And, uh, you know, some of these guys uh, mainly thinking Elijah Hughes maybe didn't get the opportunity with no G League last year, no training camp, and, and the bizarre year to get out there and play 25 minutes and show what they can do. All right, let's get to some post-game sound. Let's start things off with Jazz Head Coach Quinn Snyder.
10: I mean, I, I think we saw some of the same things we've been talking about. You know, he plays with poise. Um, you know, I thought we all were a little fatigued at certain times. And when you're fatigued, um, it shows in, you know, in, in parts of the possession, whether it's, you know, sprinting back and getting shifted, you know, so they see more of a crowd around the possession. But, you know, Jared's shown his ability to not just put the ball in the basket, but to make plays for other people.
8: How valuable
10: is it for a guy like Jared to be on a team with someone like Mike You know, it's tremendously valuable. You know, you can see Mike talking to him out of timeouts, Donovan talking about out of timeouts. We've got guys that, you know, that like to communicate and they're trying to help those younger guys get better. Rudy's talking this song, you know, and that that's a big part of those younger players and their newer players to, you know, to develop. Um, you know, it takes some time to kind of get a feel for a system and the way a team plays and playing with other people. And to the extent that, you know, the guys on the team are encouraging them and those things. It's good. How about just real
6: quick, uh, what about Eric Pascal, another kind of new player that uh, how did you think? He good yeah. Shot?
10: I, you know, I thought Eric took, took good shots, you know, and um, i also thought he got into the lane and, and, you know, made some good plays for his teammates when he got in there. Um, and it's good to see a guy play with passion. You know, I think that's, you know, he's got a lot of pride in, in how he plays and um was happy with that, how he competed too. okay. We'll go to Zoom. One more,
8: I'm sorry, one zoo. Uh one from Ryan <laughs> second, uh, you
5: That'll
11: be it. Okay. Overall, just with it being, you know, your first preseason game, are you happy with the amount of minutes that you know the guys were able to play? And do you think that's gonna be a benefit moving forward as far as
5: players like Donna? I mean, sorry, as far as Jared and Eric.
10: You know, anytime guys get a chance to get their feet wet, you know, in Jared's case, you know, as a rookie, in Eric's case, as, you know, a new player with our team, um, I think those minutes, you know, serve to provide some continuity and and understand some of the things that that we're trying to do. Um, Our execution, you know, in general needs to be better. Um, You know, that's, again, I think... Not to write it off on a first preseason game, but I, I didn't think we were as sharp as we needed to be, particularly with our spacing. So much of what we do depends on the precision of our spacing. You know, you guys have heard that from me for a while, and the reason I say it is because it's true. All right, thank you. Okay. Cool.
9: There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. His team falls 111-85 to 84, 85, excuse me, in San Antonio in preseason game number one. Let's now get to the players. Let's start things off with Donovan Mitchell.
8: I saw you and Mike both talking to Jared Butler kind of in timeouts and different. This is kind of the first that we're seeing him in live action. What What did you see out of him tonight?
11: Um, very poised. You know, I think, you know, for it to be his first preseason game and, and, you know, obviously he was kind of attacking, you know, more so than being aggressive. And that's that's no problem. Kind of reminds me of my myself, my rookie year, kind of just being in an attack mode. But now. You know he's 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 slowing down. He's making you know good reads as far as getting to the bucket. So I think the biggest thing now is we're just trying to tell him you know finding ways to get teammates in, involved. And It's not a bad thing you know because in school he was he was the scorer you know and then he had Davion and and uh, Maceo to kind of do it. So now it's kind of being able to do both. You know I had to go through the same progression, um, but I think for him he he looked good. He looked really good and you know I think he's 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 going to make a. Huge jump young once he starts figuring things out the speed of the game the pace and all that but he's he looked good
8: we know how valuable mike has been just in yeah. his short time here for you how valuable is it for a guy like jared in a rookie season to have you and mike on right. the same team
11: Man, i think you know for us just passing down the knowledge you know i think that's the biggest thing is just as much as we can trying to help him become the best basketball player he can, he can be but also being the best basketball player he can be for our team as well you know i think and that's that's where we see us talking about situations and stuff that we see. And, you know, he's the thing about him is that he loves the information, loves absorbing information, and he's quick to ask questions and he doesn't act like he knows the answer. He's willing to listen. And I think that's what makes it even better and even more fun for us to be able to go and talk and, you know, critique him on certain things. When you see, you know, the way he runs pick and roll, the way, you know, search dribble, the way um, he runs over pace,
12: puts people in jail, you know, is that atypical for – somebody of his age, or is that something that that you thought that he had in his bag from, from day one? Um,
11: I didn't know he had that, to be honest. Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing that, I, like you said, the, the biggest thing that I saw just his pace coming off, you know, being able to kind of manipulate the big and, and be able to manipulate the reason, you know, a lot of times his finishes, and he'll get better at finishes and getting angles. So those ones where he's getting blocked, you know, obviously he's not the taller, so he has to do it a certain way. You know, similar to, like, my finishes in the second half where I'm going – making the angles post a little bit wider as opposed to going right at the big because he's seven feet. And he'll understand that. He'll get that. But to be, to be able to do that his first – like, his first year, it's very impressive, for sure. Just game-wise, team-wise overall, what – I mean, what was the biggest issue
6: you saw tonight that you'll get? Um,
11: we tweaked a bunch of things in our offense. Um, I'll start with offense. I go defense, but offensively, we tweaked a bunch of things. Not, I wouldn't say a bunch of things. But we tweaked a few things, and I think just being able to think instinctively, um, guys learning stuff, but then also spacing. That's really it. You know, there, there are times where we're not spaced. We're really not sure. We're kind of figuring stuff out, and I think once we get more comfortable with each other and comfortable within the system, we'll be, we'll be fine as, as a group, especially with, you know, at that point Eli starting his first game and signs out there, not necessarily sure. And it's, it's not a bad thing, you know, it comes with it and it's going to, that's the part of our system is going to grow. But, you know, I think that's the biggest thing offensively is just understanding where to be kind of doing things and making, and then we're a read based offense. And if you don't know, no, necessarily know all the reads at one spot, you know, it take, takes a while to kind of get used to it. So we'll be good as far as that goes. And we shot shoot. I went 5-19. You know what I mean? Like, it's we we didn't make shots, you know, and that that happens, you know, and it's not – it's the first preseason game. We'll get better and we'll evolve. But defensively, I think the biggest thing is they started getting – I think they had 20 offensive rebounds in the first – 20 rebounds, I should say, in the first quarter, seven of them offensive. Um, And I think for us being able to get them off the glass, we didn't run. You know, that limits our transition when we get a lot of our threes, a lot of our shots, and um, that changed the game and then just contain the ball. But little things that we can adjust and tweak and, and fix. You want to
8: run? we got one on two on Zoom. Sorry, we'll hold up. We're, good, we're,
11: good. Okay, uh, we're, we're going to start with Ryan Gostecca, you suggest.com. Hey, Dom, how you doing, man? How you doing? Good, good. So just basically on one ask, how good does it feel just to be back playing again? Just, you know, after the offseason, all the questions about, you know, the playoff exit. Just, is it nice to be back just playing again and just being with your teammates? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's freeing, you know, you're just coming out there and, and and kind of, like I said, learning guys, that, that especially with the way we started with Hassan, like trying to figure out Hassan, trying to figure out Eli. Like Eli's getting a chance to play and improve himself. And I have I think we've all been really impressed with the way Eli's played and his, his growth from year one to year two. Um, to be able to play with everybody as a group, learning things and continuing to grow, I think, is, is what makes this group fun. You know, we're going to take this and take the film and get ready for, for, for Dallas, but it's just good to be back. <clears throat> excuse me, and and on top of that, it's good to be back with fans, like, kind of right there. You know, I think that's, like, even, it's weird, like, we were down, but, like, the fact that t- fans are kind of rooting against you in that, in that sense, it's just like, you know, that you missed that, you know. We had that in the playoffs towards the end of the year, but it's not like that in every arena, or wasn't last year. So, to kind of have that, I think that's what's most fun for me, you know, being able to kind of play in an away arena, because we all know what Vivian's like, uh, <laughs> especially come playoff time. So, being able to have the crowd against you, I think, was, was pretty fun as well. All right, one last question, Eric Walden. Hey, Don, good
7: to see you. Uh, so you were talking about things that, like, you and Mike can – knowledge that you guys can pass down to Jared. Uh, can you expand on that just a little bit? Like, I assume that there are things that are, like, kind of general to all rookies coming into the system and then things that are specific to his game as
11: well. Just what are some of those things that you're you're specifically helping him out with? I think the, the first thing I told him was, you know, being his his angles you know um and I, I referenced that earlier you know there was two i think two or three times he got a shot block you know and um you know as opposed to you coming off the pick and roll and you want to you want to sneak it or cut back you know instead of going at the rim go wider you know being able to get that touch shot like him and i we've worked we worked on it a few times but the reps that's all it is is reps and getting used to going this way and kind of creating that pocket so if i want to hit the big it's there if i want to throw a lot it's there and him and I are small, he, him and Mike are small. So we need that little bit of extra room. You know, it's different than like a Joe, uh, a Joe angles or like a Boyan, where they can get it and throw it over to the top. You know, we're, we're six, one, six, two, and, and whatnot. So we got to be able to get that space and create that gap, but also be create that gap to finish, you know? And then I also told him, you know, understanding that the low man is going to come over and help every time, every time you snake it and come back, they don't want the big in the lob. So that corner guy is going to be wide open. So if you can, if you can learn to, Attacking the pick and roll, and not think pass. You know, because if you think pass, that's where the turnovers coming. You're not being aggressive. I understand getting into the paint, but also know that they're they're kind of helping. Uh, they're helping on the weak side to be able to find that pass. And you know, just in that in itself is a lot to kind of throw at him. But he's the type of kid that I feel like you can kind of say all those different things, and he's able to pick it up quickly. But that's just that's one example. Uh, being able to find that because he's able to get there. But there's certain times where you know his shot wouldn't get blocked in college because, you know, it's, it's different. You know, but now you got bigs who understand understand how to manipulate the guard as well as us trying to manipulate the big.
9: There's Donovan Mitchell, 10 points, 5-19 shooting in 22 minutes. He had three assists and a couple of rebounds as well. Let's move on to uh, Jared Butler playing his first game in the NBA last night. Here's what he had to say after the game. Well,
11: what was that, that
13: difference Yeah, that was exactly what it was, just getting a little more comfortable. Um you know, it's first time playing an NBA game. There's a lot of emotions and stuff like that. Um, I played a national championship game, so I wasn't nervous, just trying to get comfortable. Uh, that's what it was.
8: People talk a lot about pace, speed, how everyone's bigger and stronger in the mm-hmm. NBA. You feel that right away?
13: Yeah, and the, just the pace of the game of how many points scored is just, like, nonstop. There's no, like, I don't know, it's it's, it's definitely faster. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, though, really fun.
8: How valuable is it to you to be able to have guys like Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell in front of you to learn from in your rookie year?
13: Oh, it's so um, – just so thankful because, you know, those guys have been in the league, uh, Mike, longer than than Don, but I'm watching Mike still do it. You know, he's doing his same old boring habits, and it's um, just amazing to see. And then Donovan, how he just, um, you know, takes me under his wing, working out before practice, stuff like that. Like, it's um, – it's it's really – I'm just really thankful for it, to be honest
2: were you, um,
0: uh, surprised, uh, a little, uh, by just, you know, long arms, quickness, Murray, um, and then, you know, Derek White, so, <laughs> you know, NBA level rotation, starting guards. I mean, what was, what was that like?
13: For you? Yeah. Um, DeJounte, um, he definitely tried to be a couple of times. Like when I was driven, he was just, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, it's faster, but, um, yeah, without a doubt, it's faster. But um, I, I think I'm I'm getting adjusted to it. I, I get adjusted to very fairly quickly. Um, but um, yeah, you're, you're right on the head.
6: So we were just talking to Donovan, who said, "Hey, you know, on some of those shots where you got blocked, maybe he wants you to go a little bit wider on that play to kind of do his scoop layup from the yeah. side, right?" I'm kind of curious, like how, what kind of, how big of an adjustment is that for you to try to do? And you know, you're a guy who can get. Where you want on the floor, but to go a couple feet wider and kind of make that, that a more difficult play to defend.
13: I think it just depends on the type of person you are. Um, can you handle criticism and can you handle like being able to like hear what he's saying, but like actually visualize what he's what he's saying and, and uh, replicate it on the court? Um, and for me, I'm 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 a pr- fairly fast learner, and um, you know, when he Donovan tells you something, I'm like, all right, bet. Like if, if it works for him, I'm working for me. So uh, yeah, I think it's just type of person you are. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to get your
7: initial assessment of your first NBA action. I know you've been practicing with the team and played. Uh, you didn't play summer league, but what was your first experience with NBA action like?
13: I, I played an okay game. I think I played like a six out of 10. Um but, you know, it's just the way the, the dice rolls, the way the cookie crumbles. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I, yeah, I've, I'm giving myself a 6 see.
9: That's Jared Butler, 16 points on 6 of 15 shooting in game number one. As I mentioned earlier, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but then really picked it up in the second half and did some very nice things. Let's wrap up the player sound with Hassan Whiteside.
8: What do you see as like, oh, okay, that's something I've got to maybe read a little bit better. What are you feeling like came naturally to you with team
12: um, I think like uh Jordan Clarkson setting a pick and roll with him, um, setting a pick with Mike, mm, even Don, getting him to his right hand more. Um just different things like that. Just um just figuring out what guys like.
8: How long how long is that because at your different stops, how long does that process take to kind of adapt to understanding the spots that guys like?
12: Their tendencies. Um, you know they they making it easy. You know I think they're making my um my transfer here as easy as possible. You know i um, picking up the plays. You know I learned probably five new plays today. So just every down they they bringing even they bringing new stuff. Um, that guys that wasn't here even didn't know. So um, just picking that up and and reading what guys like to be. Defensively, how different is point system to you? Oh, it's a lot different. You know, I'm a little more at the rim. Uh, we invert. We invert. Um, I'm pretty much getting a corner guy, you know. Um, but I, I like it. I like it. You know, I'm still working at it. You know, um, I think I could have been better at um, touching a guy when they ran the actions. Um, I think I switched a little too much. So, uh, they got, like, a lot of, like, a couple open dunks. But I think just a little more just staying um, stand with my man and at the rim. I think I'm gonna do that better next time. What did you see out of you you guys, you know, just you know, on both ends of the floor um mm-hmm. throughout the first half when when a lot of
6: the rotation guys was playing?
12: Um, you know, them guys was playing hard. You know, I, I think we got the looks that we wanted. Um, we just missed the shots, you know. Um, I think Mike missed like two or three wide open threes that I'm okay with. Um Don was getting it going. Um we got a lot of new faces, so so that second half was like a big a big thing for us, you know, just getting them guys acclimated. Getting the chance—I mean,
6: you've played with a lot of good guards in your field, mm-hmm. right? So, where does Jared Butler kind of rank as a rookie coming in, and kind of like where, you know, kind of what is your initial impression of him?
12: Uh, he liked to score, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling him, you know, you gotta um, just, just when they're going over, they're going over so much. You can attack that big man, you know, and uh, that opens up a lot of things for you. Because when they're going over so much, if I'm rolling that that was bringing in that corner man and that corner is more open than you think it is more open than it is in college because it's a bigger court uh we have one on zoom you guys sat in
8: here okay we'll go to Zoom now we have
7: two eric Walden, so interview him. hey sir. hassan you've told us a, a couple times now that you enjoyed uh playing in this system that you've been looking forward to it was it what is it about quinn's defensive scheme that you enjoy playing in What's uh what's different about it and what, what challenges does it present to you?
12: Oh it's different because um they invert, um say like I got uh say I got the big man, he's at the top of the key, and um it's another guy at the corner three. Um as long as it ain't one pass, we kind of invert and then just just keeping me around the rim more often. You know, um that invert is just where, where I switch, I tell JC to go up and I come back. And um, I take the corner man so I can just be able to paint a little more. But it's also adjustment because just guarding, just guarding, the, um, just guarding the paint and, and jabbing and saying we're okay with them guys shooting mid-range jumpers. You know, um, a lot of times I want to kind of contest that or try to go for that block. But, um, I mean, that's what we pretty much want. We want them to, as long as I stay in front of the big man rolling, we want them to take them contested jumpers.
11: All right, we have one last question. Ryan from com. I mean, you guys are about four key contributors tonight. How much stock do you guys put into a game like this? I mean, it's the first preseason game with a bunch of new guys. Where do you guys go from here
12: now? Um, you know, I think we watch film and we just we just critique different things. You know, I think we got something out of it. You know, I don't think we get too high or low on this game. It's, um. The guys that's going to be playing during the season wasn't really out there as much, so we working with um, a lot of new faces. But um, I, think, I think it gave his coach a lot of time to see what's what and how guys like to play and just different things and aspects like that.
9: There's Hassan Whiteside. He got the start last night in place of Rudy Gobert. He played 14 minutes in his Jazz debut, six points to go along with 10 rebounds. Up next for the Utah Jazz preseason game, number two. They will be in Dallas coming up tomorrow night. Tip-off will be at 6.30. pre uh, pregame, begins at 5.30.
0: There's the best of the postgame show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines on the way.
3: Herbert looks to Eckler, caught, touchdown! Chargers! Herbert to Eckler, 14 yards.
4: Carr will go back into the gun on this third
0: down, takes it back, looks in the end zone, looks for a crosser, throws deep corner
3: jump ball, touchdown! Jack caught, baby! Raiders touchdown,
5: Darren Waller! Yeah, baby! Going to hand it to Eckler, Eckler has
0: One through the air with one on the ground. Chargers up 21-0, and they hold on to beat the Raiders 28-14. There's only one undefeated team in the NFL. The Raiders were one of two. They go down to defeat the Arizona Cardinals, the only team to make it to 4-0. A long
2: list of teams at 3-1, and one, including both the teams that played last night. The problem was they got down 21 nothing. They can always come back 14-0. 14, 14 they have proven that. Yeah, the 21. Well, they had the ball. They completed a long pass and then got stalled. And then yep. the Chargers had a nice drive. And our guy, Justin Herbert, is really good. Fun to watch. So the Raiders struggle to run the ball. How come
0: after they, they throw do. the long pass, they decide, let's run it. Let's run it again. The Chargers have to be over there like, yeah, you do that. You just keep running the ball, guys. I was over there saying that, too. It wasn't just the Chargers. It wasn't just you guys. Gifted them that. They had them on their heels, and they gifted it So to you're them. questioning the play caller. I am 100%. I am, and I was. 49ers could have starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo and left tackle Trent Williams back in the lineup Sunday against the Cardinals. Their injuries diagnosed as less serious than originally feared. Garoppolo with a calf injury, Williams with a shoulder problem. So Niners could be getting their guys back. Bless them, I hope they do. Jaguars coach Urban Meyer apologized to his team his family and owner Shad Khan after viral video surfaced over the weekend showed a young dancing close to his lap at his restaurant in Columbus Ohio it's called a lap dance there buddy
2: yeah not in his lap like a lap dance oh. Closed. To- no buttocks was touching groin area that's a believe me i'm an expert on lap dancing no oh, yeah. <laughs> that's frightening <laughs> on multiple levels i've given many <laughs> oh.
7: And we're done.
2: We're off I'm to back. a rolling start.
0: Yuck, I'm feeling nauseous. I'm going to call in sick.
2: Wow.
12: I got to go now. Hey, I got to
2: augment the salary, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm a hardworking American. My old man worked two jobs my whole life. You do the radio, and you get a buck a, a, buck a page view. You don't need a third job,
0: especially that one. <laughs> Washington football team has placed head athletic trainer trainer Ryan Vermillion on administrative leave what a spokesperson called an ongoing criminal investigation unrelated to the club. The DEA and the Loudoun County Sheriff's Department conducted a search at Washington's practice facility on Friday. So it's
7: not Smugglers Blues! So it's not related <laughs> to the team, but they're going to raid the team facility, you know.
0: He's got other stuff going on. He's got a side gig. He's got a second job, maybe. I don't know. He's got something stashed there. The team doesn't know about. DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag college football. I want to say this first. Ultimately, I'm responsible for, for the performance of this team. I've always been responsible, and I always will be. No, that's not true.
0: Ed Orgeron taking the blame for the team's 3-2 and two start. Blew a lead and lost to Auburn.
2: When you're canned here, you will no longer be responsible.
0: Think he's gone this year? Two years removed I don't from know
2: what his contract perfect is. season? Well, I mean, they did it to, uh, who was it, Chizik and Malzahn, so... Auburn does it. Will LSU do it?
0: The SEC does it. Top of the SEC, right? Everybody who wants to be Alabama but isn't. SEC announced Kentucky's been fined $250,000 for a third violation of the league's access to competition
2: area policy. Would you like to translate that into plain English? Well, rushing the field, I think, like, they should have video and then just cite each individual. Right? They've done it in other places. They're doing it in something. Trespassing. Some big thing that happened in January. Much farther, far more serious. But here, have cameras. Have drones above the stadium. We will identify. We'll
0: come get you,
2: and we'll find you, and you'll pay the fine. Skycam
0: just spinning around up there. Facial recognition, recognition data. We'll get you. That was the Wildcats' first win over Florida in Lexington in 35 years. Now, they don't play every year,
2: but yeah. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with the stormation of the field. If it's done appropriately, meaning you stay away from the opposing the, the team, team yeah. you get you that six-feet rule, let's double it. <laughs> and, you know, if you should gra- run by them, uh, then you do nothing. I was at the Phoenix Open once, and you know how they'll tee off and then they'll let the f- people cross the fairway after the guys pass? Yep. Well, I'm walking. They let us go, and I'm looking down at the ground, And for some reason, unbeknownst to the marshals, Jordan Spieth did not go. (laughs) And (laughs) now he's got to negotiate the crowd. Well, it includes you. (laughs) It's me, really. It's just like me, and I'm two inches from him. I look up, and he's right there. And the marshal just goes screaming at me, like, "Dude, you said I could go." (laughs) And he doesn't know my background. That, and I actually have a press pass too. And so I'm not going to say I'm not. I'm literally not going to say a word to him. Right. But uh, as long as that's the case. And then he realized, you know, I am of no, no danger to Jordan Spieth. I can totally see you <laughs> walking with your head down. You do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it in a million. I can totally see that happening. Right. And I didn't look up till I heard the marshal screaming. And Jordan <laughs> Spieth is right in front of me to my left. So the storming, you must stay away.
14: You need- There
2: can be no going up to Bronco and him turning and suspender boy. That stuff can't happen. That's completely out of control. At the college level, if you want to go jump with your teammates or classmates, I can live with that. You don't belong on the field in the immediacy if you're over 25, unless you're dragging out (laughs) the undergraduate stuff. Uh, Afterward, after the visiting team has left and you've got your 10-year-old boy and you want to go down and take a picture under the goalposts, let him run the sideline. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Fine. But I think it can be done in a manner. Because if you do that, then after a while, the, the dad and the 10-year-old boy will have the pitcher, and he'll be less inclined to do it. And so it'll just be the, the kids in the class. I mean, mm-hmm. I did it in high school once. I remember we had a big game. They won. Those are my guys. They were my friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is no big deal. We, we celebrated together. And I remember jogging with them as they went into the locker room because I had some really good friends when I was a senior who were on the football team, obviously, right? And as you know, I was a big-time jock myself, played the hot corner. So, Golden Glove winner. Three errors and only 55 chances. Only three errors and 55 chances. I, I misplayed the only. In basketball, it could only be the students. You no, know, uh, 54-year-old boosters running around. No. So, sorry, Arizona. That's why they never stormed the floor. DJ. my <laughs> nice. classmates. Everybody, everybody. everybody over 80 with their canes yeah. and their walkers coming down. To yes, be right. there in a minute. That's all who goes to those games. Be <laughs> there in a minute. In Hold Tucson. on.
0: DJ and PK.
3: Hashtag Utah Jazz.
11: DeJounte Murray rocks the baby back and forth Top of the circle Comes off a pick Flares it back out Nice rotation by the Jazz And Mitchell's got a steal 12 seconds left in the quarter Royce is going to attack the rack and pack Two-hander Clarkson Open Sets his feet for three straight away And tickles the twine 36-28, Jazz down by 8 in the first preseason game. Teague in and out, dribble, nice move, gets in the lane, puts it off the glass, but it's blocked first by Liddell. His outlet pass stolen by Butler. Butler then attacks the basket, and reverse side layup is good.
0: David Locke on the call. The first preseason game is in the books. The Jazz, well, the portions of the Jazz that played were beaten by the San Antonio Spurs, 111-85. That's pathetic. What a
2: miserable performance. blown out like that.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Joke. The fake emotion you can work out for the pre- first preseason game. The Rudys didn't play. No Rudy Gobert. No Rudy Gay. No bogey. No Joe Ingles. So what you're saying is, Tootie Fruity, no Rudys. Two starters. DNP. Two key rotation guys off the bench. DNP.
2: Mitchell. I'm going to get...
0: Mitchell played 22 minutes. Conley 16. It
2: was that kind of night. Oh yeah, who cares? I'm going to get lock when you're going to get him when he does when Rudy blocks a shot big time. I mean, Oh Rudy. Okay, so you want to say that? I will get him to say that. That's going to be my let's go. My call all offseason. He may not fight you on it. What if he sprints to it? Will I be disappointed if it's no. too easy? No, 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 no. Because I'm going to do it. Anytime he makes a big play, it def- makes a big block, I'm going to tweet out, Tootie Fruity! Oh, Rudy! Okay, there you go. That's what <laughs> social media should be for, that kind of stuff. Oh, and then I'm going to get very political. <laughs> You've already done that once in this segment. <laughs> I have? Yeah. Political? You brought up January 6th. That's political. Yeah, but that's serious. I was, I wasn't making a political statement. Okay, you got me there, but it was still a political reference. Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm Mm. going to make political statements. Mm, All right. I'm not going to encourage people to vote. That's political. No, I'm going to make divisive, dividing political statements on Twitter starting the first game of the Jazz season.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Every every time time they make a free throw, (laughs) you will anger someone. (laughs) All right, Jazz, uh, at least portions of them will be back in action tomorrow night in Dallas against the Mavericks, 6 o'clock, AT&T Sportsnet. Continue to play a bunch of guys and figure out which guys they want to hold on to and who they might not want to hold on to and get all that.
2: Has sort of anybody out. had more hype for a second round pick than Butler? You're getting a lot of hype, man. Um, Millsap? I mean, I got to go no. back. Really? No. No one was saying Millsap was going to be in the rotation. Here we got Locke himself, the genius of all jazz saying it will see if, when Conley's out, who takes the minutes, Forrest or Butler. For a team where a lot of things are set,
0: that is something to talk about in the preseason. you got to talk about something. And a lot of this is...
2: Okay, how good can Tread Forrest be? We're already putting him in a 50-50 competition with a guy who's been in the NBA. That's very rare for a second-round pick. It's a true story. Maybe he's good enough. I have no idea. I couldn't watch the game. We didn't. He didn't play in summer league. I got no clue. We will find out going. I mean, forward. We will find out for sure. Yes. yes, you will be able to see tomorrow night's game. ATG
0: Sportsnet will have the Jazz Maverick game from Dallas six o'clock Wednesday night. I'll be flicking back and
2: forth between Dodgers and Cardinals and uh, this ball game. Well, wildcard baseball. Yeah.
0: All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA Where swingman Andrew Wiggins Explained his decision to get the COVID vaccine He felt forced to do so in order to continue his NBA career Quote, the only options were to get vaccinated Or not play in the NBA It's a tough decision, hopefully it all works out in the long run In 10 years I'm still healthy He applied it for a religious decision. exemption But that was denied
2: They have religious exemptions?
0: I don't know if they've granted any I mean, the, officially they? they have one Whoever grants them. <laughs> he applied I mean, I, to the, the NBA. The commissioner has delegated to somebody. I don't know.
2: Oh, you're speaking NBA. Yeah, the NBA. Oh. Right. He applied and to I the NBA. I didn't know you could not
0: get drafted because of He applied to the NBA exemption. for a religious exemption. That was denied. What's his religion? I don't know. Players Association and the NBA. is he's a Christian? Have agreed to. I don't know. I'll Google that for you in the break. You are trying to get me to do something? You don't really care. You just want to see if you can get me to the keyboard. The NBA and the Players Association have agreed to a reduction in pay. And it's a remarkable fraction. Why is one 180 second? It's 191.6th of a player's salary for every game an unvaccinated player misses because of local COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Sources tell ESPN. I don't know. Uh, How much is Kyrie Irving going to lose if he miss a game? Let's just get it in plain English. There it is. I've got a headache. He'd lose three hundred eighty thousand a game, and it could become fifteen million if he doesn't get vaccinated at any point this season.
2: Now to something. Now you're you're getting politics right there. What? Because vaccinations become political. You're getting political. You just mentioned it. Same thing I did. Don't roll. Bull crap. (laughs) It's different. It's It's not. It's about whether an NBA player misses a game or not. That's political in some regard. Some (laughs) people view this vaccination spiel as political. I get political, but not you, Mr. Nice Guy. I agree. DJ and PK. Joke. Hilarious.
3: Hashtag Major League Baseball.
0: A wild card game tonight. ESPN's so happy they got the Yankees and Red Sox. This could have worked out wrong. Could have had the Mariners and the Jays. Thank hey.
2: goodness they got the Yankees hey. and the Red Sox. I yeah, know, I feel for you. No, they don't nothing in comparison. If that's your scale. This is what they want. It's like. They'd uh, rather have a series. Don yeah. Felder wanted to sing uh, Victim of Love. And they said, no, uh, you're not as good enough. Uh, as Don Henley and he said, "Well, if you're going to compare me to Don Henley, then you need to compare everyone to Don Henley because nobody's as good a singer as he is." And his point was well taken. Same thing here. If you're going to you can compare anybody in the in, in almost any sport to Yankees Red Sox. Yes. Yes. But I mean, that's we, an we unfair have, comparison. We could
0: have a Dodger Giant series here real quick and that would be a big deal, but it wouldn't be as big a deal as Yankees Red Sox. So don't pick on those other two teams who had pretty doggone good seasons. They did. 90 wins. 90 and 91. That's good. That is, absolutely. 90 is the number. And two of them got there and didn't get in. And the Jays
2: got like eight guys that are 22. Really, really young squad. Yeah.
0: How many teams got in with 80-something wins? Was it just the Braves? Are they the only one who made it without getting
2: to 90. I think they were. I was thinking about this uh, Sunday when I was telling you about the, uh, the Yankees, uh, the Dodgers with the most wins ever by a defending World Series winner. And you had said, oh, you thought maybe the Yankees would have done it. Well, back in the day, along along a lot of those Yankee teams were only playing 154 games. Good point. So, uh, because that Roger Maris thing what was in the 60s when he hit the home runs. It was uh, controversial. Uh I was wondering do we come a time is there come a point where we see no divisions and so you have a balanced schedule as much as possible and then you just take the like the Big 12 has done you know do I think you, if you're going to do that you have to get rid of the leagues because no I don't think because
0: so. you'd have more you'd have so much more travel and you'd have less of the regional rivalries I, I understand and everybody that. thrives I understand. on that, you know. It's a they, they
2: experimented
0: with yeah, it last year. But at the same year. time,
2: when the Yankees come to town, everybody goes nuts. True story. So it's a give and take to a degree, right? But I think there's more more given, less taken. Well, yeah. So then ESPN would be pissed because then we wouldn't see Yankees, Red Sox every nineteen times, game. right? Yeah, yeah. So I understand. But they did
0: experiment last year with playing only in your time zone mm-hmm. because the East Coast teams, and you know this from growing up, you know, a road game oh, yeah, from yeah. the West Coast that starts at ten o'clock at night that goes to one in the morning on a weeknight, not optimal for uh, making T V money. I understand. And on the West Coast, playing at four thirty in Washington D C or Philly or New York, not optimal. So if they're gonna get rid of the if they're gonna balance the schedules, at least get rid of the leagues. You got Mm. more games in the time zone. Yeah, I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll see that. Okay. We're kind of easing there with the NBA. They just really use the divisions. I mean, the primary thing is to make sure you play your regional rivals. And that's
2: disappointed me because the Jazz have been robbed of the opportunity to celebrate the Northwest Division Championship. Right. And I've been furious about that. And you mocked me, and it hurt personally.
0: Mets are going to change managers. At least Rojas out after two seasons. He's gone. Joe West is retiring. He has umpired the most games in Major League Baseball history. Broke the record in May. Now he's done.
2: He came back to set the record because he thought he would have got it last year, but then obviously the season was reduced so... dramatically. Yeah. Truncated, if you will.
0: What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, we're talking Utes and Cougars later today. Frank Dolce, Ute Insider, analyst for the Zone Sports Network at 8 o'clock. Dylan Colley, former BYU receiver, coming up at 9 o'clock right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.
3: Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes look to pick up their first ever win in the Coliseum as they hit the road to square off against the Trojans of USC. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 5 o'clock with the postgame show immediately following the game. Ah! From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
7: DJ and
0: PK, Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.UtahHairMD.com. Question of the day. Herb and Meyer making news. Do you think of any think of him any differently now? Yeah. Way to go, Herb. <laughs> 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 no one believes really you think that. You can't even bluff that.
2: Hey, come on, man! Way to crack yourself up, though. That's why I get up each day. <laughs> How will I make me laugh today? Well, yeah, you have to, man. <laughs> that's a part of the deal in life. If you're not doing that. What are you? What's the point here, man? You gotta have some fun, right? I guess that's what Urban's thinking. Yeah. <laughs> hey, tough loss. what they play on Thursday? I don't even remember who beat them, but they lost. Cincinnati. C- Cincinnati. I thought it was Cincinnati, yeah, because that's why he was there, right? That's
0: why he's in Ohio, okay, so he goes yeah, to Columbus. Yeah, he's he's from got from Cincinnati, right? He goes to his restaurant in Columbus. Yeah. Has dinner. Yeah. Sees the grandkids. And parties like a
2: rock star. Dances with one of the grandkids. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> Kyle, Urban was never not... Double negative right out of the gate. Urban was
2: never not a garbage human. Hell of a football coach, though. Oh, so he's always a garbage human? A garbage gar- human. A garbage human being. Because <laughs> you know Urban Meyer. <laughs> uh,
0: Jason, no different. Grateful for what he did with the youth, But since he's left Utah, controversy is
2: not far behind. This is nothing new. You wonder if he would have had it at Utah. Because he was here so briefly that there wasn't really any time. And the fan base and its school and everybody associated with the football program was starving for what he brought them. So he rode in on the white horse and rode off on the white horse. You know what I mean? Unbelievable 18 months on the job. Right. It was just the ultimate uh, fling in coaching parlance. So everybody thought, "Wow, that was unbelievable!" Because he literally took you to places you'd never been. And at
0: the it, time, it no one years. thought. And at the time, no one thought anyone was getting there.
2: No one's going to bust the BCS. The second year, I thought that you know they had because Ron McBride had some pretty good teams. Uh, so that first year was not dramatically different from what Ron McBride had accomplished at his highest. He'd had a 10-2 and two team. Yeah. He'd not had a conference and outright yeah. shared a title. That was the difference, obviously. And then the second year, being able to bust the BCS and all that stuff, sure. That, that he took Even Urban himself topped himself. And that first year was wonderful, and the second year was even greater. It was far-fetched to believe that they could go undefeated and play in the festival 50,000 Ute fans. I'll always remember the look on Chris Hill's face. Sitting, standing in the press box, high above uh, Sun Devil Stadium, there, and you're way up there, and you can see just thousands of red pouring into the stadium, and you saw it all over town, all over. I mean, they made me go, I walking around Old Town Scottsdale, you saw it, and old, uh, I, I saw Craig Hansen in Old Town Scottsdale, former boss of ours. Yeah, did you see the email we got? I did not. Oh, you should check it out. Yeah, okay. uh, he sent us all an email. Uh, and so he was there yes, he owned some radio stations down in St. George, he was a big player in radio, he's the one who uh, started the station, the zone he had a significant say in it and I remember seeing him and his family huge say in it, yeah, massive yeah, and uh, I saw he and his family Old Town Scottsdale, it's a tourist area probably many of you have been there, it's just uh, not more than five miles north of Sundell Stadium and so he was there, and then I went to the, the Tribune, made me go to the parade, the Fiesta Bowl parade, <laughs> friggin' cover the thing. Uh, I wrote like a 25-inch story. They ran three inches.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and why is that significant? Normally that wouldn't matter. But the Devils were playing in the Sun Bowl, I believe, at the time, and I had an opportunity to hang out with some friends and watch the game. Instead, you wrote a story that didn't run. Yes, <laughs> right, right. I don't mind working. <laughs> yeah, right. But right. I don't need to practice working right. because now this is this is ancient. Because in those days they had what they called a, a newspaper, and so you only had a finite amount of space. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they ran out of space. Tell me more, Grandpa. <laughs> there was no such thing back I'm not, then. I'm not over it? sixty. I don't remember such things. Well, yeah, I do. Uh, having worked there, yeah, because now today you just slap it on the Internet and away you go. Yep. Right? Uh, but there they had a finite amount of space on the... It was 120 inches on each page of a newspaper. And so they ran out of space. So they just took a couple of quotes and plucked it into a larger story. Uh, but that was an incredible time. That was one of the most fun weeks that I have ever had in my 75-year radio career or journalism <laughs> career. Uh, it was It was a lot of fun to be down there. It was just hopping like crazy, and the game was almost secondary, because you knew how it was going to end. But Urban did what he did, and it was tremendous. My thought on this is, this is a bigger issue rather than Urban Meyer having some young gal jiggle up against him, or whatever you want to say. What is expectation for our players, coaches? What should we demand of them? Now, I saw last night the Atlanta WNBA team, several ladies on the team, you can find this on the Internet, were out. There was like a, a truck, you know, a, a food truck. You go well, buy tacos or hamburgers or yep. whatever, you know, we've yep. seen them. And these gals, several of them are just brawling with people. I mean, a hardcore brawl. <gasps> I mean, they are just going to town. WSB TV, Atlanta Dream Player apologizes after being involved in fight near food truck. Yeah, I mean, it was not just a little pushing and shoving hair pulling or, you know, whatever the not proverbial that that would female okay, thing this, no, this is. No, this was legit brawl. Uh, uh, Ron Artest is saying, whoa. And this was something. Uh, and that, that could be viewed as breaking the law. Urban wasn't breaking the law. You break the law, that's a whole other story. I'm watching that fight right now. Sorry, do
0: the radio show. It's nasty, man. It goes <laughs> it on. It is. It's a it's a <laughs> battle royale. The camera can't get all of the fighting yeah. because it splits up. It goes over and by then you a think car. it's going
2: to end and it doesn't end.
0: It's not just a snippet; it goes
2: right. Like and you're two right. Someone, if someone
0: got charged with assault, I don't have any idea how this started or what happened. But if you
2: told right. me someone got charged with right. assault, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. And there's one gal; she's very tall. Yep. And she's just punching away. I'm like what the heck here? And and these were the gals who told us who to vote in uh, Atlanta and Georgia for what was it a Senate? I mean, they wore T-shirts and everything. They told us who we were supposed to vote for. Now they're brawling by a food truck right right so be very careful on some of these people who tell you what to think eh, but over here you know do we have some of that in our own town? I don't know. I have it other places so they want to they want to tell you all their political beliefs so what about over here? That never that never changes <laughs> that just never changes. So what does the public accept? And now Urban apologized and all that stuff. Did did he have to apologize? Did he do anything wrong?
0: Not to me. I didn't care one way or another. Go do your thing. Whatever. Does he have? But to... Do other people need it? Probably. I mean, nah, your Shell owner, bell maybe. Your, yeah. Right. Yeah. People are far more invested in his life. It's it's immediate family, his wife, his kids. Maybe the owner needs it. Don't embarrass your employer. That usually doesn't end well.
2: Players don't like okay, to be but did, embarrassed. He's sitting there and this gal's grinding up against him. Did, yeah. did Did he do anything wrong? He put himself in an uncompromising position for a married man. Yes.
0: But he did did he do anything wrong? Well, a guy who's lectured his players on not creating distractions and, you know, all in in the way, do your job, all the slogans we've heard over time. Everybody does that. Yeah. So does he have to apologize to them? Maybe they think they need it. I know. I don't know that he has to apologize to somebody in, in a town where he coached college football 17 years ago. I just don't have the investment. But these other people are spending time with him. He's ordering them around. He's telling them how to behave. He's the boss at work. Okay, and but he's so got what you, a boss. So, so, so what you when you say to, to, me, you you have to apologize? you can't be, you had to be perfect? No, you don't have to be Perfect. But if he basically broke a rule that he laid down for people who worked for him, then he's... Well, what rule? Somebody filmed him at his place, don't apparently. Ca- don't cause distractions. If he's calling so, people into in his office... Stay in, your, stay in your house. <laughs> if he's calling people into his office, I don't know what he's doing. I'm not in the Jacksonville building at 5.30 a.m. to semi-kinda-sorta, quote Morgan Scally. Oh, it's all coaches preach the
2: same thing. Okay. He's no
0: different than anybody right. else. So I
2: get how this is a distraction. Guys are looking at him like, dude... No, and so it got filmed. Do you realize how many distractions are out there? Isn't the NFL, isn't Tuesday their day off? How much distraction are we going to have today that isn't filmed? It's not filmed, it's not a distraction. (laughs) But I get your point. I know where you're going. I know what you're alluding to. Oh, man. I heard about, this is a long time ago some BYU football players, you would all, I guarantee you all, recognize the yep. name. A big old brawl that broke out at port call which isn't even there now. It's some No, building, they tore down the whole Some federal building or a county a building. Or is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. And the thing spilled out in the street, whatever that street is there. And they're just going to town. And I heard about it. Uh, now, we're going way back. Uh, and I heard about it and then afterward laughing about it. And people you would know to this day, but none of it was filmed. Ah. so now with uh, with everyone as a filmmaker, basically, uh, he's apparently having a few drinks, sitting on a on a bar stool. And what do we know about this gal? Nothing. Right. Don't know. I just. What's the standard for our uh, coaches, players? what's acceptable and what do we want out of them now if you break the law then the law gets involved and whatever happens happens so that's another story there right like these ladies in the uh, fight if they should be charged then the law takes over and you go from there you know and I appreciate them telling the the citizens who to vote for down there you know, because they're obviously upstanding people and and their voices count, just like their voices counted on this video. Uh, but if you're not breaking the law, should they be held to a standard it's It's an interesting I don't have the answers. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. I don't know. Everybody gets to decide for themselves. I don't care. I don't
0: I just move on, but if Jacksonville season ticket holders care? If people who buy sponsorships care? Yeah, you know, if he if was 4-0, how much would they care? Come absolutely, on, DJ. And absolutely. <laughs> I'm not even arguing it. You don't even have to come on DJ with me. The fact he's 0 I know, 0 I'm not 4, talking to
2: you personally. Yeah,
0: the fact he's 0-4... Is probably, but That's all the more reason not to cause a distraction. You don't have the leverage. If You're 4-0. Whatever. Wait a second.
2: That's even more hypocritical. Not, I'm not saying you're hypocritical. I'm saying the premise is. The premise is absolutely <laughs> I hypocritical. I know you think that. I think it 100%, but I'm not naive I know you to how not. the NFL works. I'm not saying you're not. And not, not. Just, and not even are. just the NFL, pro sports, and not just pro sports, business. So, the, so he could have been dancing on tables with her if he was 4-0. If you're on a
0: if you're on a sales staff and you're selling, I don't know, computers or widgets or tickets or radio, I don't know, whatever, cars. Lawnmowers, cars, yes, any of this, <laughs> and you're the top seller, or you're the bottom seller, which guy needs to mind his p's and q's more about what time he shows up at work? Oh, sure, yeah, right. But that, 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 this is awful, awful work hours. Which guy is going to
2: get cut more slack on any situation? So if he's 4-0, this wouldn't be any story? No, it would absolutely be a story. Not nearly as big. What would it be?
0: I think it would be a story. As long as you've got TMZ, as long as you've got the 30-mile zone, and anything a celebrity does, I mean, literally getting out of your car and going shopping, if you haven't been seen in
2: public in a while, that's enough. That's why I stopped going to Kmart. I just shop online. Right. I no longer go to Kmart. Whatever star hasn't see, been seen to, in a while, they will little stand... Little lady, a cocktail dress once a year. <laughs> i stand I'd at the bottom co- of a driveway. miles of Kmart. And they will film somebody as they go by. It wasn't even necessarily a blue light special. Thank you.
0: But now I just go online. Uh, so what is the definition? Basically, you're asking, what is the definition of news? And it depends on who's setting the definition. Because there are... Organizations who aren't going to stand at the bottom of the driveway to film a celebrity leaving their
2: house, and there are other people who will, and people will click on it. That's why I, I hop the fence when I leave. They're not catching me. <laughs> That'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> PK in some gated mansion in Hollywood Hills, they're not hopping getting me. the fence. Cutting through some movie star's backyard, leaving his car
2: and anything down the street I do and around is between the corner. Me and the little lady. <laughs> the two of you hopping, which in the is fence, absolutely nothing. But hopping the fence with the golf clubs <laughs> to go play nine.
0: We're getting on a Bel Air today.
2: It's just an interesting situation that these guys face. Once you're a celebrity, and everybody
0: has a phone with a camera, all the rules you learned in journalism school.
2: Are out the window. I know, but what what is acceptable? Like uh, we we understood that um, Quinn Snyder donated a small amount of money to who's the football player? Who's what is he a congressman now? What's his name? Burgess Owens. Burgess Owens, Yeah, yeah. And that's controversial. A former Raider. They did a hatchet job on him mm-hmm. because why? He's not allowed to. Do- that's public. That's news. Yes. But if we would, whoever the man's candidate was that he was an opponent, I don't know. You probably know uh, who Burgess Owens ran against. I'm blanking
0: on his name. I don't know. I can know. totally see him. He's a former oh. county mayor.
2: Ben uh, McAdams. Thank you. Okay. That's the district that would But be. if he would have voted, if he would have given that guy money, it wouldn't have been, they wouldn't would have had a new it story have, on it? <laughs> it would have Come been, on! It's the
0: expected versus the unexpected. And Quinn's a celebrity. But is it fair and right uh, we're in the thirty mile zone now and everybody has a camera and celebrities leaving their house. Yeah, but so this is isn't there, the thirty is mile zone. Right? This is
2: an established publication. True story. True story. I mean, I know you're not gonna say it, but I thought it was a cheap shot. If you're out there, but the flip side of that is
0: you're out there with your politics and your telling
2: people what to think on an issue. What politics was he out there with? He went along with it. He's not Popovich and Steve Kerr here, who, by the way, I haven't heard them say anything. Good thing everything's perfect since last January. I missed it. What do they got to say? No, I haven't heard anything. Yeah. Thank goodness everything is perfect. But they sure had no problem telling us what they thought before. Yeah. So you're free to exactly
0: do whatever, right? Right. But so is the one's trip, a new story and one's trip, not. If he would have voted,
2: if he would have donated over here, we wouldn't have heard a thing.
0: Think, oh, I, agree, I totally agree. Yeah, because it would have been what you expected. It's man bites dog, dog bites man. But
2: what is acceptable in these guys' personal lives? That's the point. Is that, he can't even, he can express himself politically without fallback unless it is appropriate by somebody decides, you decide whether dog bites man or man bites dog. They decided. Mm -hmm. Who the hell are they? (laughs) Well, that's what everybody always says. (laughs) They get to decide. This was unusual. How do we know? How do I know what's in Quinn Snyder's heart, what he believes politically? He hasn't told me, nor do I want to know, nor do I care. His job is to coach basketball. Or football. Oh,
0: Quinn, sorry. I was on Urban.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's a fine, upstanding man. That's all I care about. He's a decent human being. I don't care what your politics are. You don't. Somebody else does.
0: They have to decide. It's a free-for-all out there. On many issues, the standards are all over the map. And they're not what you grew up with. They're not what was normal 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah? And it's a free-for-all. I mean, there's nobody making rules and putting them in a book. Your journalism professor did. But people found out they could ignore him and make money. So they ignore him and they make money. And we'll leave it there. Get on D- our app. See what you think of what we just said.
2: I'd D- love to hear your response.
0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Frank Dolce is here in 15 minutes. The Utes getting ready to go to USC. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, will be here at 9.05 as BYU gets ready to host Boise State. It has been a heck of a ride. But there are a lot of quarterback injuries. And the Utes dealing with the ultimate tragedy. It's uh, way way more than football to talk about. And at the same time, it is just football. And we'll talk about that with Frank Dolce coming up in 15 minutes.
5: Stay with us.
3: This, this 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 is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you
5: want. Never-ending story is more compelling than short. Circuit. No, no, stop it. No, stop. Never-ending
11: story would win a poll against short circuit. Guarantee you. I can't even believe I'm putting this poll together. How do you spell circuit?
5: <laughs> By the way, I almost hope. Do what you feel is right. I, I almost hope never-ending story wins because if short circuit wins, we're gonna lose you for the rest of the show. Show memorandum. Let's just euthanize Short Circuit. My guy is as upset as any time I've ever seen him in the history of this show. Why, because we speak truth? No more Short Circuit. Take Johnny 5 and put a crowbar to his head. He's done. Disassemble. Johnny 5.
3: No disassemble! Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Football Fridays are
0: presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. So we've got
2: this, Michael Lombardi, who's some NFL guy, right? You guys, have you heard him, Michael I've Lombardi? Heard his name, yes. According to two Jacksonville sources, there are many closed-door meetings happening over the last two days in the football offices, and none of them have anything to do with the Titans. Stay tuned. This might get ugly. If you
0: believe all the stuff you've heard reported from sources of the Jacksonville, there are divisions on the staff between the college guys and the pro guys, and things haven't been running smoothly. And it was going to be a difficult job in the first place. You weren't good. You got the number one quarterback. Great, but man, there was a long way to go. Is this a Jerry Tarkanian? Oh, good analogy. Well played. Tark went to the Spurs and what did he do, like 15 games or something like that? Sounds like that's where it's headed.
2: But is it because of this little dance scene or 0-4? And now they've got the excuse. Or the divisions and the misgivings even before they played a game. And what do you do to get forgiven? Because now it's like, okay, he's going to go and get the SC job. Oh, we've well, got that all over our Facebook page. I mean, so th- then he'll lead even younger men. And he was caught having uh, somebody real close to him, and he's a married man. And, but what do we do on forgiveness? Because here's Sarkeesian coaching Texas. Give it a little time, and you can
0: be back in whatever your job is. The good graces of the American public. Depending on what the offense is, too. It does. It doesn't matter. But there have been other college football coaches who've...
7: Petrino, right? Yeah, but he didn't get Texas level. Well, Petrino, 11 games with the Falcons before unceremoniously departing, writing a letter. Then he quit.
2: But then it was uh, his, what, his mistress, mistress on, a on the cycle. motorcycle. Mistress on the in, motorcycle at Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, when he was out one or two years. <laughs> we hold these guys up. Should we even be doing that in the first place? Interesting questions to Would college sports be better
0: if coaches made a hundred grand and there were 1,500 people in a WCC arena on a Saturday afternoon? It's not big time. But when you go big time and you're trying to win... Then does all kinds of other stuff follow?
2: I like Mark Few's dealing with it now. You know, what's acceptable there? Right? Didn't he get a DUI? Yeah. I haven't heard anything about that since. So, where do we go there? Boy, I'm glad I don't have to make any of these decisions because once I start uh, evaluating people, wow. Because the only difference between me and them is their sins are played out publicly. And I guarantee you, between me and Mark Few, If you listed my sins versus his sins, my sins would quadruple him a thousand times over. But I haven't gotten a DUI. So who am I to judge Mark Few?
0: Not a bad attitude to go through life with. (laughs) We've all screwed up at some point. It's like,
2: and that was not good. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to be in the position of judging human beings because, uh, well, I just couldn't do it.
0: Stuff we've done, stuff we've thought, stuff we said, or stuff we haven't done. I apologized to somebody
2: yesterday. Yeah. Just yesterday.
0: Yeah. When we come back, the Utes going to USC. You know, at some point they're going to win in the Coliseum. They are. Is this the trip? See no reason why not. We will discuss that with Frank Dolce next. Our Ute insider and analyst for the Zone Sports Network. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's time now to talk youth football with Frank Dolce. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah being a drought next summer, Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. So take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Frank, good morning.
15: Good morning, DJ. What?
0: What's happening? Utah is getting ready to play USC. And in any other time, we could break down the football and go crazy. And maybe we'll do that later in the segment. But I think uh, the way Kyle Whittingham opened his press conference, just acknowledging, you know, they're recovering from the ultimate tragedy. And it's twice in less than a year. It sits heavy on their hearts. It was so senseless. I mean, he went on. You can listen to it online 128 zonecom But it just left me, and it's totally understandable. And I'm just curious about the energy and focus it took you to play college football back in the day and the teams you followed, because the energy in the building is just all wrong for a big-time college football game. And we totally get why, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. And we want to talk about football. And Kyle did later in his press conference talk about how when you get on the field, you zone in, and that's the only thing that matters. And I get that there's some truth to it, but I wonder in this case if that's even possible. So before we get to the physical aspect of the game, the mental and emotional, this is this is uh, I don't know, un, unprecedented as far as I know. Maybe somebody's got something to compare it to, but it just everything he said was right, and yet the emotion in the building was wrong. It's just one of those things that it is the way it is.
15: Yeah, I it. I don't know how you. I mean, I, I think the the best thing that the team has going for them is that they're you know they're all together and they can they can kind of manage this together, work through this together. Uh, so I think that's I think that's positive. Um, but you know who who knew that you'd get another you know some sort of. <laughs> life lesson in the middle of a, of a football season or life experience in the middle of a football season that you just weren't expecting and to be on, you know, the level of this tragedy and, and like you said, two, twice in, in less than a year. And, and the circumstances surrounding it with, with those two guys, Aaron and Ty, being, being close. So uh, I, you know, I don't have a good answer about how you manage it other than everybody being together and kind of working through it together. And then maybe maybe it just gives a little perspective to a football season. <laughs> you know, we've been pretty – I've been pretty critical of Utah this year. Lots of people have been pretty critical of Utah this year. and And maybe we forget that it's a bunch of kids – running around playing football and I know there's lots of other things involved, but at the end of the day, it is, that's, it is that. And, um, and maybe, maybe we should, maybe it's a good thing for us to to look back on how we, how we manage all of these situations with these, with these guys playing and seeing where they can kind of get some joy out of it and joy out of their lives. And maybe not so much on, well, if you don't beat your rival or if you do beat your rival and what are the implications and who's going to win the championship, those are all fun things to talk about. But maybe not to the level of what, um, or certainly not to the level of what the team is experiencing right now. And um, maybe gaining a little perspective for all of us out of this situation is not a bad thing.
2: Football could potentially be a therapy in 2003 USC had a player drowned right before camp started, and he went twelve and one. I mean, yeah. So, I don't know what so the answer I, is, but it potentially could be therapy.
15: I don't disagree with that. It's it, it, to have something to if you're if you don't have some activity um, to take your mind elsewhere for a short period of time. I think that is healing as well. to to have some sort of distraction rather than dwelling on it. And I'm not saying that, uh, you should, I mean, move past it. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying, um, you should give it, it's certainly give it its time and you should, um, think about it and be curious about it and how it affects your life. And, and then realize that you have all of these other aspects of your life and how do you become a better person? as a result of it so I I think that's right to have that to have to, to have the team to have the group to have a season to have a game to have a practice something that you can focus on focus your energies on in a positive manner I think that's certainly helpful
0: So to switch to the, uh, the football side of this as you look at the uh, Pac-12 Kyle brought up the fact that Two weeks in, roughly, I mean, the Utes are one and USC's four, but for a lot of teams, they're two games in, and nine of the 12 teams already have a loss. There's only three teams still undefeated in conference play. I mean, everybody's got a loss overall, but in conference play, is there anybody you have any faith in, or is this just a complete wild scramble in the entire Pac twelve and while it will take everyone out of the playoff picture, it will be wildly entertaining to see who wins the conference.
15: I don't know who leads the conference right now. I mean I, I I think you could make a I think you could make a reasonable suggestion that it's it's Oregon State based on the way they've played recently. So I I think I might just put the Beavers right up near the top. Uh in I still believe that Oregon is talent wise at the top. Uh I don't think their quarterback play uh is I, I think their quarterback play is problematic. Um, even though he's super talented. So that I think that will be a question. I think that was a question um in their loss last weekend. And I, I, even though Stanford was the team that took them down, I don't know that I put Stanford at the top. Stanford looks like a beatable football team to me, um, but they, but they, it's also that team that can, you know, that can beat anybody on the schedule. So, uh, but, and, and Stanford's had this thing with Oregon over the years, which I think is kind of, kind of funny to, to look at. So, uh, and, and, and so in the North Division, and Washington, I think I, I just don't think Washington's. Maybe they'll fi- figure out a way to get on track. I don't think they're there yet. Um, wa- Washington State is not great. Cal, obviously, not great. So I, I mean, it's it's got to be it's got to be Oregon, Oregon State, Oregon, Stanford, in the in the top on the North, and then in the South, um, I mean, it was kind of this. The, PK, you and I talked about it last week. It was kind of I was like maybe Arizona State, UCLA, and you were like maybe UCLA and Arizona State. So I still think that's probably the case. Um, maybe now Arizona State gets the slight edge, but I mean UCLA could go on a run and win the rest of their games. Yes, and Arizona State's a beatable football team. Yes, so it's likely that a two-loss team in conference comes out as the champ. I mean, I so so. I don't know. I, I still think that's what it is. Arizona State, UCLA, um, Utah, USC, and then Colorado, Arizona.
2: Yes, I think ASU has the slight lead this week, but when we convene next week, it could be it could be Utah. Actually, if that's Utah exactly goes right. to the Coliseum and wins, they'll be two and zero, and they've had the bye, so they've got one less game. Obviously, that'll flush out here, and the Devils play Stanford. And Stanford, uh, yeah, check about the middle of the second quarter to see if it's their week or not. (laughs) Who who knows? Right. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, the Devils, the Devils could be three and zero, and then they would strengthen their position. So the point is, even though SC still has two losses, and already has two losses, I should say, they, I'm not ruling them out. Because it is so fluky this year, Oregon doesn't have a good quarterback. They don't. I've been saying this for weeks. DJ can back me up on this. I don't. I don't think he's good enough. I think this Thompson kid is a freshman, and I think they're going to go with him. And but they've got all this pressure to try to win now, so they're not ready. But I do think if they could, if they would step back and play him, they would be in a better position next year to get to the playoff. Because I think he's better over the term that they're going to be there. Uh, he's going to be there than this other kid, but you know, he's not apparently not ready So there's all this pressure to win now and they didn't get yeah. it done So I understand that I can appreciate that respect especially at Oregon because they're paying top dollar to everyone to be in the playoffs, So that's their standard the rest of the programs with the exception of SC don't have that level of standard so you can get um, with uh, David Shaw and put in the McKee kid and let them develop a little bit, and with that development, you're going to get some hot and cold. So, as far as the Utes go, all, and it's it's I say all they got to do, and it's a monumental task. But if they pull it off, I view them as potentially in the driver's seat. Pretend uh, uh, with the acknowledgement of what happens with Stanford and ASU Friday.
15: Absolutely, I don't disagree with that at all, and I. The, the, I look across Utah's schedule in the South oh, and the rest of their schedule, I guess. Um, and I, there are some matchups that that bother me, like y- Utah USC is always a good matchup for Utah. That that seems to fit, and uh, and I think it's a good fit this year for Utah. So I I'm fairly confident. I mean, I think that this is a year that Utah could go into the Coliseum and figure out how to win that game against a USC team that's in in disarray. So good. Let's. I like that. I like that fit. Um, UCLA, Utah bothers me a little bit because uh, I, I don't think UCLA is great, but they do some things offensively that Utah hasn't done well stopping this year, and that's especially with a, with a quarterback that can get out of the pocket. Um, and so that, that's a little bit of a concern. Arizona State, I don't think is a great matchup for, for Utah. Same thing with the, with that mobile athletic quarterback. But they can lose that game and still win
2: the thing, though. (laughs) But they can, yeah. So,
15: so that's the, that's the crazy. Stanford, Utah, I think that's a good matchup. Like, I think Utah is, that's a very favorable matchup for Utah. And then, you know, Colorado, Arizona, those are, I think those are very winnable games. So as I look across their schedule, um, I could, see Utah, I could see Utah winning the rest of their Pac-12 South games, unlikely. I could see Utah going through and only losing one and coming out on top in the South. Uh, I think that's very reasonable. But I, but I think that's very reasonable for a few teams in the South. So we'll just, I don't know. I'm not willing to say this is the team. I'm going to put a stake in the ground with yeah, this right. team and say they're going to win it.
0: So, I think there's one theory out there that USC's been up and down here. They've neither won consecutive games or lost consecutive games. They've alternated wins and losses, and they're 3-2. and two. But then, maybe it's just our preseason expectations. Maybe they aren't up and down. Stanford and Oregon State, top half of the league. Washington State, Colorado, bottom half of the league. So, they beat Washington State and Colorado, and they... Lose to Stanford and Oregon State is USC. Considering they've already had a coaching change and they missed on one or two recruiting classes that are now kind of the middle, the heart of this roster, are they just a mediocre to maybe slightly above average team?
15: Yeah, I think that's probably true. We we always used to say, and I still say a little bit that USC has you know the most talent around the, the Pac-12, and that for a long time that was true a couple bad recruiting cycles. I think they still have significant amounts of talent. Maybe they, you know, they edge out all the other teams in terms of, of talent, but it's not quite what it used to be. And, uh, and it's a team that hasn't figured out how to, how to win. And it's a team that I don't think, I mean, there's a lot of people high on Slovis and I I don't, I think there's lots of potential with Slovis. I don't think the quarterback play there has been terrific. And I'm going to, you know, Obviously, it's the quarterback pulling the trigger, but I, I'm not. I have never been a big fan of of uh, the offensive system they're currently running. Doesn't seem like a fit. So, so yeah, I, I think that USC is a team that still has enough talent. If they figure out how to get everyone going down the the same, going in the same direction, then they're going to be very difficult to beat. But it's not. Such an array of talent that it's overwhelming to another to another team in the South, and I think I think we've seen that. So uh, it's a it's a talented but beatable USC football team.
2: A couple of things concern me from the Utah perspective. They have had some outstanding big time receivers in recent years. I mean, I would need a program to list all the guys in the NFL. If I start naming them, I guarantee uh-huh. I'd leave some out. Uh, this Drake London might be the best of them all. I mean, he is something to to behold and watch. So the Utes have got to get a handle on him, which means that they've got to get in Slovis' face. I mean, that goes hand-in-hand, hand, obviously. And then I think on the other side that USC has been susceptible to passing, so their pass defense. Uh, and I'm wondering, you know, we put a lot of – Hope right now on Cam Rising, but I also think we have to step back and think he's only basically played a game and a half. Uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. his whole entire college career is a game and a half. So we, maybe we need to back off a little about uh, off that a little bit and let him grow. But if they can find a, a way to curtail the Drake man and find success throwing the ball, I think they got a decent shot. I don't know if they can though.
15: I think the defense has taken enough of a step forward that uh, the ability to pressure the quarterback is... I I think it's really reasonable to think that's going to occur in this game. And and Slovis... the, The other thing I like about it is Slovis doesn't necessarily present the problems of breaking out of the pocket and scrambling around or running downfield for 15 yards on a broken play. So... You know Utah certainly can't lose lose, contain or lose discipline up front, but I think the ability to get pressure on the quarterback, I'm optimistic about that for Utah defensively. The other side is a little more tricky because it is very tempting to say, hey, we should be able to do this in the passing game against against USc. the The, the issue is um, USC is still pretty talented on the in the de- on the defensive front. And Utah, when they take a step back into pass protection, just hasn't been very good. And so you're, you're now putting, you're, you're likely putting Rising in a situation where he's going to be under pressure lots of time, lots of the time, and, and forced to throw the ball downfield because you think that's, that's where you win the game is you can exploit a defensive secondary that's weak against the pass. I, I, don't, I don't like that philosophy, and I'm not saying that's happening. I just, just you know, making assumptions. I, I would say that Utah just needs to just kind of figure out what they've done best over the first few weeks, or, or where they're trending, and work with their strengths. And if the you know their strengths are going to have to be good enough to beat USC on the defensive side. I like Utah running the football. I like Pledger and the way that he made a step forward. I think there's a you know a couple other really talented really talented backs, and then, you know, putting putting Rising in a situation where he has to drop back five or seven steps and sit out sit around in the pocket for a minute and let things unfold in the secondary. I don't think that's advantageous based on what we've seen the first several weeks. So, uh, you know, maybe a more of a quick hitting passing game, get rid of the ball quickly, or get your quarterback on the move um, outside of the pocket because he is athletic. Uh, And maybe that's maybe that's something Utah can utilize. But but I don't think that that because USC has been weak against the past for Utah to to go into this game and say, well, we're going to throw the ball all over the field. I'm not sure that's reasonable. Maybe it is. Maybe we'll be proven or I'll be proven completely wrong. Should be right, but
2: 450 um, yards passing for Cam Rising.
15: Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, I absolutely would love to see that. Based on, yeah, based on what we've seen coming into this game, it doesn't seem like that's a, uh, a reasonable way to approach the game.
0: If they get the run game going and he gets to throw off play action, I can see him making a bunch of big plays. If he has For to sure. throw the ball fifty times off seven-step oh, drops, geez. Kyle will drop dead a heart attack. <laughs> Kyle will have a heart attack. Cam Rising <laughs> will separate his shoulder, and USC will intercept ten passes. That's not the way oh the you should be playing. But I do that, think if he's throwing, be a
15: difficult afternoon.
0: But I think if he's throwing off play action, he might make big plays. I don't. I don't think you should rule that out. You know?
15: Well, yeah, you know, and. I, I like that game plan, but you know the key to getting play action to work is yeah. is having a, a ground game, running and the so game. I would
0: love fumbling, the, running the ball yeah. and not fumbling the uh, the ball away,
15: and and keeping it off the turf. So yeah. you know, I think if Utah cleans up some of those small issues, uh, becomes a little more stout at the line of scrimmage in the pass game, gets the run game going. I I think they have a very very good chance of going in and and winning one in the coliseum
0: frank we appreciate the time thanks for joining us
15: hey absolutely of course i appreciate visiting with you guys every week and uh pk i just wanted to mention what a nice article uh you wrote to honor a dear friend of all of ours um man this business is awful sometimes but that guy uh Gordon is one of a kind, and we certainly wish him the best. He's a you know he's a he's a legacy in the in the broadcast industry. No, Absolutely. big time. Thank there, you.
0: There's there's only a 1280 the zone because he and Bowler put their heads together and decided to make phone calls. That's historical fact. Other people played a big role. PK brought up one of our bosses who wrote us a nice email. He had a big role, but if they don't pick up the phone. There's right. no 1280 of the right. zone. No, you're right. It's, it's, it's that's, inarguable. <laughs> that's a, that was a critical moment in time and decision those two yep. guys made. Yep. And we've all benefited from it. I've benefited from yep. it. PK has. Yak has. Good for them. Yep. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and thank you, Frank. That was a good shout at the end. Good call by you.
15: Absolutely. You all got right. it. Well done, Thanks. Gordon. All, all right. right, guys. Thank you. DJ and PK at 97.5 at
0: 1280 of the zone.
3: This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you
5: want. Never ending story is more compelling than short circuit. No, no, stop it. No, stop.
11: Never ending story would win a poll against short circuit. Guarantee you. I can't even believe I'm putting this poll together. How do you spell circuit?
5: <laughs> By the way, I almost hope. Do what you feel is right. I, listener. I almost hope never ending story wins because if short circuit wins, we're going to lose you for the rest of the show. <laughs> Show memorandum. Let's just euthanize Short Circuit. My guy is as upset as any time I've ever seen him in the history of the show. Why, because we speak truths? No more Short Circuit. Take Johnny Five and put a crowbar to his head. He's done. Disassemble. Johnny 5 No dis- disassemble.
3: Catch Hans and Scotty every day.
5: Presented by your Rocky Mountain
3: Chevy dealers On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ and PK in the morning. Proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Dylan Collin. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll talk Cougars with him. We just had Frank Dolce on. I love Dylan Colley. <laughs> 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 what, what, whoa, what tough questions do you want to put to him this week? Just tough questions his mind, for Dylan man. Colley, so he'll speak his mind. He does. Hit us up. Grab your phone. Use the app. Use the open mic feature.
2: Send it to Yak. We'll and, play it, and Frank's one of our guys. I mean, that's the thing that's what hurts about Gordon is that we've got we're it's cliche to say family, but so many of us have been so tight for so long, and it extends, you know, it ex- it's not just on our, our air guys who do the daily stuff. it's guys like Dolce, guys like Lacombe, mm-hmm. Lacombe puts on his band, and all of us go to it, yeah, you know we're all that's who we are. Yeah. And Riley's been coming on for years. Riley's Riley, another
0: example. R- Riley, Riley's the one guy who actually his link goes back to when he was a sales guy.
2: No question. That's an yeah. unusual tie. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. So it goes way, but deep, deep connections there. Austin Horton too. Deep connections. Yeah. And so that stings. <laughs> Those are just facts, man. I mean, everybody's been in that situation. Ours is just public. But we've all been in those right. situations uh, uh, where you, you, a colleague either leaves for another job or whatever it might be. Yep. It doesn't have to be necessarily a negative. Right. Uh, well, speaking of people who made a lot of money off that, The Office had a lot of those scenarios
0: play out. What office? A sitcom. Ten okay. years. But
2: that's that's fake, though.
0: Right. This but they played on a lot of those themes that happen in real life. I know, but and that, it, that's it resonates. Fake. Yes, but it resonates with people because they see their You're own You're like life Dan Quayle now screen. criticizing Murphy Brown. No, I'm not.
2: That's not even remotely what it is. Remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. What happened to Dan? Uh, well,
0: I'll, I'll tell you in a break.
2: Okay. <laughs> See, I'm not a big pol- politics guy, so I don't, I don't know all that stuff. I just remember. I just saw
0: something come across the, uh, the Twitter thing really? on January 6th. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because he's from Indiana, as the vice president was, who was in the middle of all that, that you brought up earlier this morning Ah. and and he called and Dan Quayle said this is what the constitution says you have to do do it ah yeah so Dan is advising people who call him with constitutional questions wow (laughs) there you go
2: (laughs) yeah so there you go it's out there and and and, then you know we'll move on and, and do the best that we can and I think it'll work out the games mm-hmm. will keep coming, and yeah. we will t- keep talking about the games. I'm certainly looking forward to going forward with uh, Bonneville and all those things that they have and uh, the resources. And uh, I'm excited. I've already met with them, and you have too. And and I expect to uh, have this transition. Well, because butt. because everybody
0: knows everybody. A guy we're going to be reporting to. There you go again. Is a guy who used to produce our morning show.
2: <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Nate, what are you planning? Yeah, so many things. Uh, going, All the stuff we talked about when I was producing your show. Yeah, it's good. So I'm excited for this change for sure. Uh, but uh, you know, you got these other things too, and so you deal with them. And they say everybody has stuff to deal with. I mean, the Utes are dealing with this tragedy, and Ugh. and it's a big time tragedy. There's just no doubt about it. I don't have any answers. I don't know. I just remember that when I was in the Coliseum in 2003, before the game. There was a player on their team who, who went in the ocean late, kind of duskish, maybe even a little later, uh, down to Huntington Beach, and he drowned. Not good, obviously. And so they brought the uh, family there before the game, and I was there because they were playing BYU. That's why mm-hmm. I was there. And they're playing BYU, and they honor the young man and his family. And of course, the, the family's sobbing out on the field, right? Sure. I mean, obviously, we'd all be in that situation. An 18, 19-year-old kid loses his life, 20 or 21, whatever it might be. It's 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 awful. It's just absolutely awful. Uh, they, now, maybe that's not a legitimate example with uh, they went 12-1 and one that year. And, you know, they had all that talent. And maybe they had more talent than Utah has. But I wonder, I don't know, I'm just wondering Was it something it was a therapy type of deal in terms of putting your mind uh, away from these other stuff, other things and focusing more on this? Can that help them? I don't know. In the end, I don't care. It's a football game and the young man's still dead and that'll never change. Uh, but can this help them? Can this galvanize them? And I'm not saying, well, let's use death as a motivation. That's not it at all. And I know no matter what you say, there's going to be people out there who are going to accuse me of being insens- insensitive. I could say that sunshine is a beautiful thing uh, on a cloudy day and people are going to— You don't understand me. the yeah. impact <laughs> of the drought, do you? <laughs> yeah, so I get it. And then I got in when we first talked about it, it took some heat for whatever I said. I don't even know what I said, but there's just, no matter what I say, people are going to take it wrong, So so be it. I do what I do, uh, but can it be a galvanizing effect for them and I mean, unifying it could, in the moment? It certainly could be. It doesn't take away the pain by any stretch. Nothing does. The Trojans went 12-1 and 1 that year. But Nothing does. Kyle, overwhelming
0: Kyle was addressing that yesterday, and he said time. Yeah. You know, time is the one thing, and he said in that regard, uh, the bye week was good. Oh, it was I mean, great. Not, yeah. Not they have a game have
2: that week. last week and in town. That's not even gonna. That it,
0: but it, it still hangs heavy. You can just feel it walking through the building. You could just hear. I mean, we've heard Kyle in so many press conferences. You could just hear it in his voice. But
2: at you know? the same time, it's he's also, not coaching football when he's talking. That
0: that point also. It was. It. it felt, I thought he talked for twenty minutes, and then I looked at the clock. I was like, "Wow, that was that was intense. That <laughs> was, I and mean, it was." And he yeah. he said, "Well, when you get on a football field, it's different." Right, you're locked into what you have to do. Now, that USC team was wildly talented. This Utah team, like most college football teams, it's not that USC yeah, well, it's team. maturing, right? That team was mature. And- but when you when you have a team that's flawed, which is, you know, you're not Alabama or Georgia, right? Everybody else, uh, you play with a lot of emotion, effort, and energy to try and make up for some of. The talent and the physical presence that you lack, and how much of that can you really summon, given everything else that is going on? Maybe they will. Sometimes maybe we big. will. Maybe we will come in here the morning after the game and like, wow, they were well, playing two on, mornings after. But you're right. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> if you want to show up and do Sunday, yacht, you're free. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'll come. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll say, hey, they, that, I can
0: skip that, out on church. I'm all in. That team was flying on jet fuel, and uh, look at them go. I guess that's what you would fly on, right? Um, and look <laughs> no, at go. maybe we'll say that. I, I wouldn't think so, but it is I mean uh, I'm gonna turn it on and that, watch it's because it's not that outrageous. I, I agree. I think it's unlikely, but it's not outrageous.
6: Uh.
0: And I'm I'm taking the mood on Monday versus what it'll be on Saturday. Yeah, but and you that's took the mood in a, in a
2: Yes, you I weren't agree. out on the field yep. practicing.
0: I agree. And I thought even Week to week, you could hear a different tone in Nick's voice, you know? Nick was, whew, he was hurting and raw a week ago. It was raw emotion. You like honesty? Man, that guy. Speaking of Nick Ford. Oh, man. my gosh. I uh, barely wanted to ask him questions that felt so bad for him. I mean, it's our job, so we did, but, ugh. you know? And he a week later, it was different. And so even Monday to Saturday, and you're right, from a press conference to a, uh, to a game. Me, you know, and Kyle's right. You, you're just in a different mood putting your game face on Saturday.
7: Let me interject on the Nick Ford thing. We told him if if you don't want to come on, yeah, we're not going to make you. Right. No, I do want to. I do want yeah, to do it. He wanted to.
6: Yeah,
2: yeah, that was Nick's call. Mature young man for sure. And he's going home there. He grew up the freeway or down the freeway in that case. Uh, and everybody wants to put on a good product, especially those Southern California kids who lost in Carson. Uh, they played, you know. Funky that they played San Jose State, but it was still it was in it was but literally it was in front of South. their friends and yeah. family and high school teammates and whoever else. Right, and so they're all if they came to Carson. They're going to go to the Coliseum, uh, so you know maybe Nick, that can help. Nick said he already had twenty two tickets and mm-hmm. he wasn't done. He's trying to get some more. And Rising will start, and he's a SoCal kid, and you know he gave him that spark in that second half. So now he'll be the starter, I believe, and uh, maybe that can help. And he's just a. The thing what I think we have to look at is, you know, he's only played a game and a half in college football. And we don't expect a lot from kids who've only played a game and a half. Especially a quarterback. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at uh, Clemson. You own the Lele, kid. You know, he was sensational when he got in for Trevor Lawrence last year. Now they can't buy a touchdown. It's crazy. Uh, Out so. of the top 25 for
0: the first time in years, I think 2014 or 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 107
2: weeks. I'm not sure Sweeney lasts the season. (laughs) Okay, that might be a little too strong. (laughs) So you've got to give him some time. But SC is, if I look at SC and compare them over the years, this might be the most eminently beatable SC team that the Utes are going to face in the Coliseum. And even when the Utes, when we thought they were undermanned in the Coliseum... They gave the Trojans everything they could have possibly wanted. And in some cases, literally right down to the end, if not late into the fourth quarter. I mean, that one year they had, uh, what were they Were they going for the tying field goal or the winning field tying, goal?
0: Tying field goal. And it got blocked,
2: Forced. So and they returned it, so the score looks a little different. 23-14.
0: Yeah. Kick gets over the line, maybe it's 17-17 going OT.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then obviously Troy Williams and who he had... Uh, he tried to run Carrington and I go down and I'm staying down in Manhattan and I go in there after the game and go to get on the elevator and there's these two Ute fans did you see Carrington he's wide open in the back I said okay yeah but Troy was trying to make a play man how do you criticize a young man for trying to make a play and sure, if he would have looked up, maybe he could have found him, but he was on the run. So how do we know he would have been able to get the ball there? It was a short pass and you would have won the game. I remember being on the field with Jimmy Soto at the end of that game and said, You gotta go for two. Well look, we gotta score touchdown first. I said, Yeah, but they're they're gonna score, man. They got all the mo. they're moving. And then you know, I thought it was the right thing to do to go for two in that situation. And they came up short at what, like like a yard or a foot. When yeah. Troy didn't get there. Eh, Inches away, really. Yeah, so they've really battled these guys really tough there. I think that one three-interception game by Cam Smith might that have got, close. got away. But no. other than that, it's it's been tough. So uh, I think they got a decent chance, and maybe this does galvanize them. Uh, it would be great. It would be great for the program to get a win and bring some positive to what has been a very difficult time.
0: USC, 2-2 two and two in conference play. We'll see if they can uh, see if they're anything other than just a mediocre team with leadership issues and interim coach got their got their own set of problems. You're, you're playing you playing this team. You're not playing the the jersey and the history and uh, all the Heisman winners they've run through there over the years. When we come back, uh, Dylan Colley will be here in about 15 minutes talking BYU. Stay with us.
3: Ready, ready, ready. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes look to pick up their first-ever win in the Coliseum as they hit the road to square off against the Trojans of USC. Catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 5 o'clock with the postgame show immediately following the game. Ah. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. TG and
0: PK, it's 97.5 at 1280, The Zone. PK, there's a question I get all the time, and I'm seeing
2: it. you're going to tell us, are you? Are you? Yes. (laughs) Oh, finally! We're going to find out where DJ goes on Sunday, because no, I honestly that's don't not know. That's the question
7: I get all the time. October 5th, 2021, 8.55 <laughs> well, That's what I said, are you or
14: aren't
2: you? And you said
0: yes. I am going to talk about BYU football. Yes, I am. that's, I that's what you are getting that, at. No,
14: are you
2: or aren't oh, you?
0: Oh, that. No, the, the question that was the posed. The truth. The question that was first posed to you at a urinal in Las Vegas. Yes. True story. Well,
2: okay. <laughs> what else are you going to do? Oh, I think you know. I've conversed at a urinal with Kenny the Snake Stabler. <laughs> know what you did there. That's, what do I you mean what I did there? You know what you did there. I didn't do anything. Okay. It's a true story. I know. I walked it in the is. bathroom at LAX, and he was standing there, and I walked up, and I looked over, and it's the snake. I mean, that guy was one of the most recognizable dudes of his time. Big time yeah. quarterback. Right. And, I mean, he put Urban Meyer to shame when it came to partying. Yo <laughs> <laughs> and so hey Kenny Stabler. Yeah, how are you? man? We didn't shake hands, obviously, but we Thank we you. we conversed a little bit and that's uh, what happened to me at the Thomas and Mac at a Mountain West basketball tournament. Hey, hey DJ or PK is DJ Mormon? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, man, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> so, get
0: asked all the time, is BYU going to win? Are they going to beat the Broncos for the third year in a row? Are they going to get to 6-0 and and be halfway to a perfect season? They're already in the top ten. What's going to happen? And how can you possibly answer that question,
2: not knowing who's going to play, unless you know who's going to play? Well, even if I did know, I wouldn't say it because they don't like it when you when you say that. And they stop talking to you, <laughs> and so that information. Why I burn that bridge. It's not worth it, right? It's not. worth But what, do you know, or do you suspect? Yes, but I don't know. And I, and honestly, this time around, I don't want to know. So I thought two, two, three weeks ago, I said, "Well, when J- Jaron Hall was gonna, they were gonna name." I said so Jaron Hall's gonna be the starter, right? And then Baylor, Baylor, Romney, Baylor Romney's gonna be the starter. All right, because I thought that was common sense. It was, it was common sense. And, but some people viewed it as breaking, and I wasn't really yeah, intending to break I stuff. Know. It was just...
0: Okay, so was, here's where it sits... It's, it's, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm, I'm taking a, 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 a moving
0: away from that. So, common sense, watching Baylor Romney reach for his head, and I have no information, I'm not a doctor, nor have I spoken to one who's looked at him and knows his situation, but the way he reached for his head when he hit the ground... Yeah, yeah, it you can hold me back. You see that in football, and you think that player, because I've seen it a bunch of times, that player's not playing next week. That's all I'm going on. No, I agree. Sitting, sitting in front of a TV watching a lot of football. I'm fine with that. So I think he's out. Hall, okay, when he told us he had the wind knocked out of him. Well, I, I suppose maybe it's not a lie, it's true, but it was way more than that.
2: Yeah, but they always do that. remember Taylor Kelly got hurt and Todd Graham. Oh, no, he'll be fine. He freaking broke his foot. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. So,
0: maybe the air was knocked out of you. There's way more than that going on when you went to the ground. And now he's missed two games, so we know there's way more. But the way Kalani has talked, I'm taking it at face value that he's close to coming back. I don't know
2: that he is. He's drawing closer. My thought on this is that they go... At the start with Conover, now no one, no one, no one, no one has told me this at BYU, so I am not reporting. And that. then they only play Please Hall of Famers. Understand uh, and see what what Conover can do with a full week of practice. Uh, I think they <laughs> practice wise they they wanted him to look a little bit better than he was, but he was you know not getting a ton of reps. Here's a different situation. Uh, they thought he was okay at best I actually thought he was better than what they thought but they they thought he was okay uh, and obviously they went conservative so we'll see with more time more investment um, you know and what you got al year and you know we need to talk more about this young man it's just how good he is is, is he they've had some good running backs here in and he's another years. one is, is he better than them
0: you can make an argument. He's better. Better than which ones? Uh, I can Curtis Brown, like Onga, Jamal Williams. Uh, Better than Curtis Brown because I think he's more explosive. I'm not going Luke Staley. Good. I was going to say I'm saying no to Staley. But to Brown, I think, uh, going off a long time ago, I think he's got a gear Brown couldn't get to. You know, Brown might get caught on a long run. Algier makes it to the end zone. Um, man, he's powerful, man. Yes. Uh, Jamal... Great right back, great back. Different. I think Ung is the best comparison. The combination of power and speed, and I think he's better.
2: Really? Yeah. And Harvey was very, very good. There's no. Harvey doubt Harvey was it. very good. I'm remembering he's his coach. I I'm honestly.
0: remembering Harvey is a better receiver than we've seen out of Algiers. They don't really throw Algiers the ball.
2: They throw it a lot more back in the
7: day to well Harvey. All Polynesian running
2: backs have great hands. That's my. Really? Yes. <laughs> all? Yes. You you never go the all <laughs> paint with the broad brush. All have, yeah, it's weird, but, but I've seen history, them, those guys. BYU's had a really, lot of running backs who really catch
0: the ball, and I wonder how much is Tyler. It's just not the way they're running the offense now, as opposed to what his skill set yeah, is. It's yeah. more of
7: an offense thing, I think.
2: Well, and I think they, I, collectively they. This is one of the better collection of receivers slash tight ends. You know, they mm-hmm. have may have had individuals who've been better. But they've been this deep. No one's been better than Austin Colley and Watkins on the other side was very good. I trust no, but, but it,
0: I I trust Nakua to make plays. Well, I trust both of both them Nakua to make yeah. plays. Go, Gunnar Romney. So that's four, and we haven't even gotten to the tight ends yet. Right. I mean, throw it to Isaac
2: Rex all day long. Isaac Rex, who's marrying into Britton Johnson's family, Britton's sister's daughter. Britton's sister's daughter.
0: Wow. Britain's sisters. <laughs> niece. Yeah, yeah. All right, DJ and PK at 97.5 at 12.8 of the zone. Coming up next, Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver. We'll have him. He's a BYU historian. We can run this running back question past him. We'll do that next. Stay with us. P.K., it is time to talk BYU football with the former wide receiver, Dylan Cauley. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their save now, pay later promotion, and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. Dylan, good morning. Good morning, fellas.
14: How we doing?
0: Good. PK is chomping to the bit. He's waiting you to put put some steak in the ground and just drive people nuts this morning with something. What you, line are you drawing in the yeah. sand? Where's or, the uh, line? I
2: keep wanting to call you Austin. Sorry. Yeah, Dylan, get it over with. <laughs> You're fine.
14: You're fine. I, just, just let it roll, right? That's, that's
1: all you can do.
0: So, right out of the gate, first thing I want to know is, before we can decide if BYU is going to win and get to 6-0 and and be halfway to an undefeated season, all that kind of stuff, I need to know who's playing quarterback. Um, I assume Baylor Romney is out because they saw him reach for his helmet, and I've seen that a lot of times, and those guys usually don't play. Yeah. So that leaves, is Jaron ready to come back? Kalani's been talking like he's getting close. Or is it Conover, and now you're talking to a guy who's played all of two quarters of college football, and the task gets tougher. What do you think?
14: Yeah, I think it really all, it all depends on the confidence that everybody has in the defense, right, the special teams, and the rest of the offense. If you know that Tyler in the offensive line, right, if you, won, if you have James Empey back, if you have Harris LeChance back, and you trust that basically the offensive line in the run game is going to be able to dominate in the same way that they did against Utah State, then you can be comfortable giving Jaron another week. Right. If that's the goal, if you're sitting there saying, hey, we need to start kind of turning that momentum as we start getting ready for Baylor, right? as we start getting ready for these other Power 5 teams that finish out the season, do we put Jaron back in and just let it go? Um, those are kind of the debates that you need to have internally to be able to decide who's going to start and why. If it's just, hey, right, like, we're not that worried. We know we know Tyler will be able to dominate. We know the offensive line is going to be able to put together a force against the defense and move the ball. Yet Jaron is still not in good enough shape to where we're questioning if he's going to be able to play the rest of the season. Right? Then then you go you go with Um and let him build and you let him develop at this time. But you know I think I think personally Jaron should be rearing to go. Uh, because this game is not a game that you just kind of take lightly and, and and turn over to the, uh, the, the the two quarter the two quarter starter.
2: Yeah, when you did that, you had a lead, so you could nurse it a little bit. Obviously, you're not going to have a lead when the game starts. Uh, I'm wondering with the team having a lot of leadership with Algier. Katoa, the Nakua brothers, uh, you, you know, guys, offensive line you just mentioned. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, where potentially a, a first-year freshman—I guess he's not a first year, but a freshman starting—would you go out of your way to make sure you'd pump him up this week and that he has the—that he knows he has the confidence of his guys?
14: Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's, that's critical from, from the get-go. As soon as you see Jaron down, you need to make sure all the quarterbacks that could be potentially stepping on that football field have the confidence of everybody else around them, right? And it may not be a physical confidence where you're saying, hey, this kid's going to come in and, and, hey, as a receiver, we know you're going to be able to throw for 275, 300 yards in your first couple games, but more so, hey, you have the ability to do it. You've done this you know, type of thing before. Trust your arm. You know the offense, right? Mentally, there's nothing you have to worry about. The offensive line is going to take care of you. You need to be building that internal confidence so that mentally you at least have a shot for him to go in and believe that he can do it, right? Then you let the rest of the physical stuff take
3: over.
0: So the good news for BYU is no matter what happens at quarterback, they got Tyler Algier at running back, 218 yards. Massive run. Well, several key runs, but one really jumps out at everybody. Uh, P.K. was saying, well, where does he rank among BYU running backs? Not Luke Staley. I put him in front of Curtis Brown. I think he's got breakaway speed Brown didn't have. Mm -hmm. Um, Not the receiver Unga was, but other than that, I think that's a pretty even comparison. Jamal in college, I viewed him as not as powerful but probably a right. better breakaway threat, so a little different. So I really go with uh, algier Zunga. What do you think?
14: Yeah, and it's, that, is, that is such a difficult thing to talk about. And just like you went through, mm-hmm. right, I don't think we've seen a guy like Tyler Algier, I mean, in my lifetime, right, who can run downhill, who has that break breakaway speed when we, you know, when he needs it? Um, I I do believe that he's up there with the Luke Staley's of the world. I think he runs very similar to Luke does. I don't think that he has the lateral speed um, in terms of just the one cut fast twitch. Uh, but I mean, Tyler's making a case here to be up there on kind of that Mount Rushmore of Jamal Harvey and uh, and Luke Staley.
2: One of the things I think is cool about BYU football now, when they take the field, they absolutely believe they're going to win. I think you can see it in their eyes and whether they've got some more swag or whatever you want to say. How important is that when you run out of that locker room at the start of the game to believe we're going to win?
14: Yeah, I think, uh, to be honest with you, right, in, in my 40 years of college football, there were very, very few times that I felt that, Right um as a team and on the teams that i was a part of and so even to be able to have you know in the the couple games <laughs> that i had the opportunity to really know like hey we're going to go out there and dominate as a team uh it, it changes the entire the entire mindset for a culture right like that team right now genuinely believes that they are a top tier college football program right i mean right now Right now, easy to say, Alabama and Georgia are literally in a league of their own. Yeah. Right? Like, they don't even – that's not even considered college football anymore. (laughs) But the rest of that pack, that 128 other teams, BYU is – you know, that's a a playoff viable team, and they genuinely believe that. And so to go out there and to know you can put your third-string quarterback in and still play at a very high level to where – hey, if our third-string quarterback who's never played in a college football game in his life and has never played in a football game in the last three and a half years, but we can throw him in there and just decide, yeah, we're just going to run all over this team, that's, that's, that is, that's completely game-changing. And to be honest with you, I don't see that really changing over the next five, six, seven years because of the momentum going into right, the recruiting pickup, the Big 12, um, all of these different aspects that now BYU is playing—it's—it's it's going to be very hard not to see BYU as a top 25 team for the next, you know, 10, 12 years.
2: Nice.
0: There it is. That's what you wanted, PK, right there. I can—I can hear Ute fans. Hold on. I gotta be quiet. I listen to Ute fans scream at their radio in their cars. So now,
2: Ute fans are not going to want to play BYU for a different reason. Oh, that's too much for one second. We don't want to get beat. Hold
0: on, hold on. That's too much for one second. <laughs> <laughs>
2: do
0: you I mean, really feel I'm like the way things are? Weeks, right? Do you yeah. really feel like the way things are going in college football that anyone can guarantee anything about any program for more than like two or three years? Because I
14: don't. Yeah. I, I, no. Right. And and that's why I say it's it's one thing to sit here and say. You have, you have programs that have been top 10 teams for the last decade, right? Like the shoe-ins, or the automatics. Whereas now, and I think this year specifically, you are seeing this change. And I think the NIL is going to affect that in a huge way. But that's also going to show you're going to see the same top 25 teams for the next 10 years, right? You're going to see those same groups that have that type of momentum, that have those types of resources. But just in you know that, that two- to three-year change, I mean – Like I said, it is very, very hard to see or point out a specific reason unless Nick Saban has nobody else down his tree that's ready to go to see any sort of change in a team like Alabama, right? Like, what they're doing right now is not even – like, it's not even fair Hmm. to what the rest of college football is. And I don't don't think that's ever going to change. When you're starting quarterbacks making over a million dollars in NIL, like – you're You're never going to lose again <laughs> it, it's very very hard to see how that's that's a possibility of them not being you know a national championship contender forever.
2: So you're saying that this n i l is just going to make the rich get richer. is that accurate?
14: Yeah, one hundred percent okay but it's also going to move up, right? Like you're going to see the you know the the group of five schools right? I mean the Coastal Carolinas the Coastal Carolinas are gonna to continue to flourish, right? The UCS are gonna continue now obviously UCF going into the, the big twelve, but all of these schools that have kind of that you, you have the big market schools or the big market teams for the NBA and the NFL, right? Where you see everyone in New York and you see everybody in LA. As these schools, the the UCS of the world, the coastal Carolinas, right? These schools on the coast that are known to be rich college environments, right, with, with partying and the Saturdays are good, right, you're, you're now looking at college football at a whole new level. And that's where kids are going to want to go because the resources are going to be available to them to make money and have fun playing football.
0: Well, I guess the only thing I'd hold on to is nobody wins forever and that other people exactly. can certainly ante up a million dollars to a quarterback if that's what it takes to win. Yep. Because we're seeing them ante up five million to a head coach because they think that's what it takes to win. But most people most people have a problem identifying who is really good. Clemson has a quarterback yeah. who may be really good one day, but he's not really good today, so we're going to get some turnover in the, in the playoff teams. Because oh. Oregon and Ohio State have losses and Clemson's uh, out of the top 25, so we're There's some powerful teams having problems.
14: Yeah, no question. But that's where you go back. That's where you go back to what is now Georgia, what is now, you know, once again. I mean, the key here is Alabama. It's not like Alabama's just been outside of the last couple years, right, with Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, and you could say as a college quarterback was Mac Jones that phenomenal or did he have everybody around him, right? Uh, It's not like – Alabama's just been rich with quarterback history. Like up until Jalen Hurts and Tua, their quarterbacks have been almost terrible, right? They've never actually panned out. And so now you're seeing teams, Alabama's getting good quarterbacks, right? Because everything else around them, the defense, the offensive line is so dominant. That's where it's hard to see a change in tier there.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking too also. That if I'm offered by these powerhouses, Alabama, and now it's Georgia, and we know Ohio State has been there for a number of years, Clemson a little down, but we'll see, Uh, Oklahoma, why not go there first? Because I got a free transfer in my back pocket, and Mm -hmm. so I go there, and if I... Maybe even just, you know, quarterback, which only plays one position, but the uh, one person, I mean, but the other positions play multiple. So if I'm looking like, all right, I am going to be hard, hard pressed to be on the field by my second year, well, then I take a step down, or maybe I take two steps down, you know, whatever the hierarchy is. So I'm thinking that with this transfer rule, that could actually help the Blue Buds even more because why not go there? Because the idea, if I can make it there, I can make it in the NFL.
14: Right. One, 100%. And I think that that train will only pick up, right? Because now, like you're saying, you're only building a case for yourself. Right. Now you're putting more on your resume to then go to maybe a different Power Five or a different group of five school to where the football is going to continue to get better. You're always going to be the guy, Right the NIL, because you're coming from a power five like the Alabamas of the world, right? Like the Oregon's the Ohio State. You know, everything everything is there for you once you attend that type of school to start and then transfer.
0: So before I let you go here, do you believe BYU will be 6-0? Are they going to make it halfway through the season undefeated? Are they going to beat a 2-3 Boise State team who has played a difficult schedule?
14: Yeah, Absolutely. No no uh no doubt about it. it. Is it going to be more difficult than the last two weeks, of course. But at home it's uh that's a tough environment, you know, to, to lose in and I don't see them losing.
0: As always, we appreciate it, Dylan. Thanks for a few minutes.
14: Awesome. See you guys.
0: Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, joining us weekly here to talk college football. Very confident, even if they have to go with a third string quarterback who's played two quarters of college football
2: yeah and I think they will start Conover I think you have to go with a level of confidence because it's a football team it's not quarterback obviously is the most important position but you've got an experienced play caller extremely experienced now I mean we're getting into the Norm Chow category of experience which they haven't had since Norm Chow <laughs> and uh, uh, so he can and he's a Norm Chow disciple and uh, you know, knows and worked under him and played under him and all that stuff. So he can. Speaking of Arod, he can tailor a plan around Conover's skills. There may be a time, maybe not, maybe, but there may be a time where you got to make a play and you got to get the ball downfield. But I mean, there really wasn't last year. For all of Zach Wilson's greatness, watching Tyler Algier go virtually the length of the field right off the bat. And that took all the pressure off. And so who's to say that he doesn't do it again? Because, you know, and I think what Dylan is saying there is very important, getting MP back and Chance back. You want your best guys up front. And Blake Anderson couldn't say enough good things about the guys that were in there the Utah State coach, about that offensive line. That don't, don't run for 200 yards without an offensive say, line. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If, you,
0: if you're the O-line, you deserve a pat on the back. If the running back goes for 200 yards, the O-line did its job. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So let's see how the, the nature and the flow of the game goes and what do you need out of Conover, you know, the proverbial game manager is out there. Well, you can win. You The problem is trying to win 12 games with a game manager is more difficult, but you can win a single game. So let's see how this goes here. I believe, though, that Conover is going to have to make some plays because I, I think Bachmeyer is very good. I was about to bring up the number of points that Boise State has scored this year. Now, they got a two and three
0: record, and that's not good, and that's not Boise State like. But they went to UCF, they played Oklahoma State, and Nevada might end up winning that league. Nevada's that a good so, ball club this year. Right. So, I mean, UTEP, you gifted yourself a game. But other than that, deservedly so. Right. Utah State. <laughs> Uh, Had already beaten Air Force and already beaten Washington State. So this is a strong schedule out of the gate for Boise State. Two and three is not a good record. But to your point about Bachmeyer and their offense, 31 points against UCF, 31 against Nevada. They lost the game, but 30 can be a winning number. And if Conover's quarterbacking with only two quarters under his belt, can you expect BYU to go out and put up 35 points? Because you got to figure the Bronco defense, which isn't great, is going to... Have an extra man in the box because the run defense is bad. The run defense actually is awful. We haven't really gotten into that yet, but they're not in the top 100. There's 130 teams. If you're not in the top 100, you're bad. So they'll probably commit an extra guy to that run game. So can Conover make throws down the field into one-on-one coverage?
2: Which then, you know, that's not a bad situation as long as it's not crossing patterns across the middle and all that stuff. Because if you're throwing deep down the sides, post-type patterns, well... It could either, the worst is going to happen is it's a pick, obviously. But, but maybe it's the a pick is a 30, punt. 40 yards downfield right. is not the same as something across Arm the punt. middle. Yeah. So, uh, the, <laughs> like, really, the, the, who had more had that first interception for BYU? Phenomenal play, by the way. Uh, but at least it was downfield. You know, it No wasn't, return. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, there's, you know, not all interceptions are equal, obviously, uh, with that going on there. And I was going to say something else profound and now I forgot. What the heck was I just going to say? Cuz it was going it was going to be awesome. Bachmeyer offense. Boise State scores points but they give up a lot of points too. I appreciate you trying to jar my memory. I'm trying. That's 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 a team. That's right there. Yeah, I I rip on them but we got each other's backs, man. Yeah, I got we're anyway. in the trenches, man. <laughs> don't don't you kid yourself, man. I look out for you and you try to pants me. <laughs> What are you, Casey Musgraves? You're wearing no pants now on Saturday Night Live? When we come back, (laughs) what Jacksonville players
0: are saying about Urban Meyer sounds like the end is near. Or the team ownership. We'll get to that next. Stay with us.
3: It's game week for the Cougars. When I break it down, down, down. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's back-to-back Mountain West Conference opponents for the Cougars as they welcome in Boise State to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for a showdown against the Broncos. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game, and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 12:30, with the postgame show immediately following the game. <laughs> From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 12.80 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 12.80 The Zone. Reminder, join the big show Friday at the warehouse from 2 to 7 p.m. Price is so low it'll blow your mind. (laughs) Hey! Boom! Oh, We were talking earlier this morning about Urban Meyer and what's going to happen the fallout from the video, how's that going over with the team and with the ownership Fight on Michael.
2: Oh, wait, that's the other guy.
0: <laughs> Michael Silver. Uh, Who's he? I've heard the name. He used to write for Sports Illustrated, I think. Okay. Let me check on him. Hold on a second. I think he's like an SI.com better. Yeah, Sports Illustrated, 13 plus years. And looks like he's a dot, dot com don now. Uh, the Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville has reached a crisis point, especially in the locker room. One player told me, quote, he has zero credibility in that stadium. He had very little to begin with. That's shocking to me. What? That he would have zero credibility. There's a long history of college guys going to pros and it not working out. Pete Carroll's the exception. But there's not a long history of Urban Meyer's. Okay, but that doesn't matter. I mean I get your point. He's more successful in the end, it than doesn't the average. matter. You're right. He's but. more successful than the average college coach, but so's Nick Saban. And Nick
7: got in and
2: got right back out. Yeah, but I don't think Nick Saban, and I could be wrong, had the level of accomplishment that Urban had. Not going in. He right. had one national title yeah. going right. in. At LSU, right? There's also, but a title, not, yeah, not multiple, multiple titles. At, at, at multiple and he, schools. Look what he did in this three really Bowling Green for that matter. Basically all institutions Took them to places. He took everybody. To I Ohio. can't say they took Ohio State to places they haven't been because they're Ohio State. You got to suck not but to win. Well, Florida them. had won a national title, so they'd been there. But they'd he got them to the back to the mountaintop. What but he, but they hadn't won multiples. Mm-hmm. And obviously Utah. I thought he'd be successful, but apparently I'm wrong. It won't be the last time. <laughs> heck, I mean just heck. I thought Rafe LaFrance was going to dominate in the NBA. <laughs> Rayful LeFrance Rayful Friends. Arm- I have not heard Ray the name France of Armand Gilliam Wow Ray for LeFrance I have not what heard that name two in two two years. I just pulled that I have not heard that name in years I don't know why I thought that That was more for comedy Alright so uh, there it is Really after four games I mean this is the biggest bust. At least Saban lasted How long did he coach there? He was a year and change. And that's all Saban was? There's some
7: debate if Nick Saban would have gotten Drew Brees to go to Miami. and They would have checked out his shoulder. Well, that might have changed differently. It might have changed the whole there, There's <laughs> a lot to be said. I mean, it's not like Jacksonville is bad
0: because Urban no, doesn't know what he's doing. But Jacksonville was bad before Urban. They'll probably be bad after Urban.
7: There's been revisionist history that says if Saban would have gotten Brees, he stays in the NFL much longer. Maybe Alabama doesn't rise like they did.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's... And if I, my family would have stayed in New Jersey, would I be alive?
7: Yes. Yeah, so there's always there's always that, there's always that <laughs> hypothetical
2: out there. Yes. Or, or be in jail. I mean, I I've contemplated that a time or two. You know, you know, you never know what uh, you you can play that game. You remember, I can remember I applied to the Salt Lake Tribune because I came up and went to Jackson because my wife's friend has a place up there, and we uh, she went up early. Because she was a teacher off Summers. I didn't have the time off. I f- she drove up with her friend. I flew and flew f- through Salt Lake. And then we flew back and we had a couple of days. And we had a friend who had just moved up here and blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, what the heck? <laughs> Send him a resume. Or maybe he had it in store. You guys, what do you guys believe on that? Yeah. <laughs>
0: As I get older, I'm changing
2: my mind.
7: <laughs> According to no,
2: that's 100% true. I don't know what
7: that means, but. According to theology, he knows the end from the beginning.
2: Yeah, but how much is he orchestrated? I understand that, but.
7: Yeah, I, I'm, that's. I'm I, not. I'm God, gonna, I'm, God has a I'm plan. Under,
2: that has always been mysterious to
7: yeah, me. Yeah, but DJ's
2: yeah. point about my mind is changing on that, I'm with him on that thought god had a plan for the youngster to be shot dead no nope,
0: that's why it's no. still unresolved <laughs> in my mind but i do think that some of the things that happened to me that were good that there was uh it, it, it sometimes it seems like somebody grabs the wheel sometimes i'm steering sometimes stuff happens and somebody's like wow that broke your way i'm like yeah i had no idea i, I had to tell somebody who I, I thought might end up losing their job and i said if it does happen um and this isn't uh, a media person by the way it wasn't have anything to do with anything we've been through here recently? I said I would have never left Sacramento on my own. It was a good thing I got fired and ending up here and a couple of the families we're close with and our lives okay, have been intertwined. I got you. And the couple that we meet here in Utah, the paths and where we overlapped in Santa
2: Barbara freakish. And they brought you into the faith, didn't they? Uh, I don't really want to go into it. <laughs> <laughs>
7: you walked yourself right into that
2: question yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know.
7: I'll tell
0: you later A couple things I missed on the way And I realized, well I, I dodged that But inevitably, Cowboy over here Is going to grab the rope And lasso the steer And wrestle him to
2: the ground I had a job I thought I had a job at the LA Daily News They gave me a physical I think I've told you this They gave me the physical And the, the doctor is giving me the physical When you start I hadn't been offered the job. Well, they're not bringing you here. <laughs> I don't do this. Everybody I've done this, this for gets has hired, worked, and <laughs> right. I didn't get hired. <laughs> hey, you're the one. Yes, I. And I was shocked. I know there was one time I couldn't believe yeah. it, and then I end up later, which I would have had to move because I live in the South Bay in the valleys, mm-hmm. way the freak up there, and. I end up getting a promotion at the Breeze, which was better. Yeah. Pro- and I don't remember the time frame now because it, it's just so long ago. And it ended up being a better situation, so I believe in that too.
0: And, yeah. and I'm hoping but I'm for. Not, I'm completely got unresolved issues and questions with the other stuff you talk about because there's stuff that happens in life and like how can that happen?
2: Yeah,
7: how, how oh, yeah, can yeah, that yeah, possibly? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't have, have any
0: answers. That, I know. I, I don't. I'm, I'm unresolved on that.
2: Okay, how about this? I just got a text from. Uh, a guy who doesn't say a lot, which every time he speaks makes me want to listen because mm-hmm. he doesn't say a lot. Right. Uh, looks like Urban had his hand in the thing down south. <laughs> 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 it's definitely nine isn't it? Yeah, clearly. I, I'm just reading the text. I, I got it. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. It is.
0: <laughs> the Chargers beat the Raiders. Now your Arizona Cardinals are the only undefeated team in the NFL at four and zero, and there are a boatload of teams at three and one. A quick glance tells me twelve. And a bunch of them. For instance, the three and one Chargers' only loss is to the three and one Cowboys. The Raiders' three and one loss, oh, they're three and one. Their loss is to three and one Chargers. So you got a lot of these teams beating beating each other up. Um, the Bucks are three and one. They gave the Cowboys their only loss. The Cowboys are three and one. The Rams are three and one, and they beat the Bucks. Who are yeah, 3-1. But this is
2: the NFL. I expect this.
0: So. Out of this, but it does seem like there's a tier separating. But within that big tier, who knows? And it's early. Injuries will wreck somebody.
2: One team will keep. But getting the better. tier will have further separation as we go. Probably. Right yes. now, it's massive. Right now, it is. But I expect it to be after but four. Uh,
0: there's a lot of three and one teams with a loss to another three and one team. Having said that, you got any like more or less? I mean, I was feeling really good about the Rams, and man, Arizona made them look bad. But that's just one game. It is I totally. This agree. is the NFL. All of these, I,
2: all those teams, the teams that I expected to be good, by and large, are good. Oh, I didn't have Arizona care. right now is a surprise in the NFL. Sure, at four and zero, I
0: agree. Carolina at three and one, I put right behind them. <sighs> no, I, two of the wins are gifted because the Jets and the Texans that's what I'm talking are really bad. About. That's why. That's yeah. why he went. Ah. But they, they thumped the Saints right after the Saints. Yeah,
6: but
2: who thumped are the, the Packers? Saints this year? And, and well, the Packers sucked that week. <laughs> and now they look great. Yeah.
7: Against the Saints.
2: Yeah. And so. Uh, I will say the
0: Packers have beaten two bad teams, too the Lions and the Steelers. The Steelers slipped and relied on Ben Roethlisberger to carry him. And he's done. They've slipped even further, and he can't even come close to carrying yeah, him. This is it.
2: Yeah. So another Hall of Fame dude who goes out on a sour note. Yeah. That's not exactly news. No. <laughs> but what's surprising is the Steelers
0: have slipped so much around him. I'm not surprised a 38 year old can't do it anymore.
2: I mean, Brady's how, looking at they? Roethlisberger and saying, "Come on, son, get with it." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. But okay, I don't. But you look at Roethlisberger just his physique. Doesn't seem like he put all the effort in that what Brady's been doing.
0: Okay, he's carrying too much weight. I get that. And still the only thing they have him – the only thing that works for them is him hitting a receiver 50 yards downfield. It's true. I mean, whatever. They're not good, and I'm not saying he's got a lot left in the tank, but the only time they do anything right in that whole game – it's still Big it's, Ben it's making a him play. And
7: Jim Juju Smith-Schuster going down. Well, I Another think that was SC Deontay. That was, it's also Deontay. Yeah. Uh, what's his last name? Yeah,
0: but outside of whatever's in left and Ben's tank and a couple of wide receivers, sure, their run game isn't. They they've punished a Devontae lot. Of Epstein? No, Devontae
7: Epstein. No, that's Epstein. What? The PK's point though, <laughs> Ben what? has actually kind of followed the Ben Ro- Ben that followed Tom Brady's lead in recent years, but. 's been uh, Tom's been working on this for a decade or more to
2: keep his body in shape. I think he's been working on it for I think it's like LeBron LeBron recognized yeah. it years ago and that's when and has made a lifetime commitment Ben tried to do that in recent years but obviously it's just slipped right I mean what one, one, DJ tried when he was 40 and I kept telling him man you got to try when you're 30. That, that was yeah exactly right. I, t- I took your advice now I worry about right. his health all the time gave in hit the donuts yeah you should have seen him when we had the meeting the other day. Jeez. Threw those babies down. I thought you had stock and Branberry. Yeah, Branberry Cross.
3: <laughs> Where's
2: the endorsement? In the gut. <laughs> yeah, nice. And we all got guts. Part of living. There you go. I got a gut.
0: Baseball tonight. You ready? Yeah. Yankees, Red Sox, ancient rivals. One and done. Fenway ought to be electric. I only wish it was So like what is the weather gonna be okay or is it gonna six be
2: o'clock? pretending it isn't raining. I don't know, look it up. Look at Boston. You don't have to call Dewey Hopper. You Dewey just, Hopper. You just find out immediately. Uh, I, I just wish some of these games could be played earlier in the day. They could be, but they want the money that comes uh, with prime I, time.
0: I so six o'clock tonight on ESPN. And I wish it would be like six o'clock Boston time. Yeah. Get some sun. Yeah, well, people, people will be home here. So there's a lot of people listening to us who are happy it's at six. Get yeah, home. I know, is but I cool?
2: can watch it at four, too. I, I know you can. <laughs> <laughs> You're just worried about you. I mean, I think sports, in basketball is an exception, obviously, because in hockey it's indoor. But I think sports, somehow to me, I romanticize it when it's played under the sun. Baseball and football. Soccer?
0: Soccer. You want the outdoor sports? Yeah. You don't want beach volleyball under the lights at the Olympics.
2: It looked weird. Yeah. <laughs> I had it on. It looked weird. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. It just somehow... I, and maybe that's just me. It just... I have romanticizing sports when it's played in the daytime. Somehow mm-hmm. it just seems better. It, and, you know, especially the Major League ballparks, which... A football stadium is a football stadium. People ask me about Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, it's great. And and, uh, I love being there. But the dimensions are all the same. They sort of look the same. You know what I mean? Whereas baseball, it's different. And particularly Fenway, obviously. But you don't get the feel as much at night. It's it's more sterile, in a sense. That's just my own thing. I may be totally off base on this. But I got it. Money talks. Who am I to take money out of? Billionaires pockets. <laughs> the billionaires and the millionaires. Yeah. So whatever there. Uh you got a feel for who wins this? Well, Garrett Cole, they were saying yesterday, I was watching MLB Network. His ERA in, in Fenway sucks.
0: And so. that goes back to your point that every ballpark is
2: different, has its own characteristics.
0: So Big so ballpark, short man.
2: porches. Yeah, so I'm thinking, wow, is he, he's got to come up big, man, because this is, what, this is the very reason they brought you to New York for this game. No, no J.D. Martinez. Correct, and that's a blow. He got hurt uh, at the end of the season there, and he's really Sprained good. Sprained ankle. Former Diamondback.
0: Tripped over second base while jogging out to right field. And I don't get that. How? How? I don't no, know. With how. your head down, is that how you ran into Jordan Spieth and he ran into second base? I don't know, but that's
2: a huge bat to take out of the lineup yep. for sure.
0: Jazz lost a preseason opener to the Spurs, one eleven eighty five. Two starters didn't play. Two key bench guys didn't play. No, uh, no, Boyan. No, Rudy Gobert. No, Joe Ingles. No, Rudy Gay. And the guys who did play played fifteen to 22 twenty two minutes.
2: Tutti Fruity, no Rudy.
0: Exactly. Jazz will be on TV tomorrow night against the Mavericks. you got that to look forward to. They were just saving them for the TV game. Right. All right, DJ and PK, your feedback's coming up next. Stay with us.
10: And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. In all sincerity, PK, amen, brother. You urge people to
0: get on the app. That's what you got. In all sincerity, amen, brother. Okay.
10: In all sincerity, PK... Amen, brother.
0: Time for your feedback. All the stuff you think about today's show. A lot of you hitting us up on the uh, Urban Meyer question. Nelly says it's a plot so he can quit the Jaguars and go to USC. Yeah, Just true. wait.
2: We've heard that for sure. But the,
0: This doesn't it, seem to make it easier to get another job didn't at it, USC. This
2: AD and this... Uh, President of SC say they weren't interested last year? Yes. So what's changed? Nothing. They just fired Helton. Yes. They fired Helton. But Helton had no and, job and security five so minutes much into about, his
0: job. I don't know so much about the A D, but I thought the president made it very clear not interested. Is, is the AD it, not interested, is or is worse? the AD following the president? I wouldn't think it's better. <laughs> so I would think,
2: yeah. So certainly not and, better. And the thing about well, the maybe AD, it was better for Urban, but that's a personal the, question. The AD, the AD. <laughs> the AD
0: <laughs> Scott Gerard just walked in at the very wrong time. Oh, everybody's thinking. So not <laughs> oh,
9: my
0: problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Scott. <laughs> the a, the uh A D is tied to Cincinnati's football coach because he hired Fickle at Cincinnati. Well, to That's me, the Fickle's one to just
2: just walking on water
0: right now. Yeah. So if he wants the gig, yes. Keep it quiet. Let him have his big year with the Bearcats. He's already Yeah, he's having it. Yeah. He's done a phenomenal job. The, at looking There's at the no power five guys
2: that. and But he, he's an urban guy, isn't he? He beat
0: Indiana and he beat uh, uh Notre, Dame. Notre Dame. So here it goes. Didn't he coach under Urban? I think so. He's, he uh, everyone's been saying Ohio State's the one job that he'd be waiting for. He's an Ohio State kind of guy, thing. and he coached yeah. under Urban. But oh, it doesn't look yeah. like Ohio State's opening up any
3: Everybody would so. take Ohio
2: State's, State's job.
0: I mean, come on. Everybody not named Nick Saban. That's it.
2: I think Belichick would take it. Yeah. <laughs> That's Belichick Jr., the, the mullet dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> not the old man. Steve Belichick and yeah. his wagging cuff. Yeah, I know. That was funny. Jimmy
0: says, "Irvin's just another great college coach who couldn't cut it at the next level." See, Lou Holtz, Nick Saban, Steve Spurrier. He's running through them. Bud Wilkinson. Bud Wilkinson <laughs> went to the Cardinals. <laughs> what?
2: N- N- naming guys.
0: <laughs> Barry Switzer. Wait, he did win a Super Bowl. Okay, give him uh, Irvin and Smith and and Aikman. Yeah. Give him him teams that uh, have won back-to-back Super Bowls, and uh, he can win one out of two. That job
2: was so good, Steve Kerr was jealous. (laughs) Phil Jackson was jealous when he went to the Lakers. (laughs) This is much heavier lifting than what Switzer did. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was a powerhouse.
0: Brian's hanging in there. He says, Urban's still a great coach, and he'll get the Jaguars turned around. No, he won't. No, he won't. Well, if he's out by Wednesday, he won't. <laughs> a, wow, what a story. All right, we'll see where it goes during Scotty and Hans' show. See if there's any breaking news coming. They're coming up next. Stay with us.